is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You can actually create the content on the site, so everything you see there was put there by Free Talk Live listeners uh, who can, uh, who can <laughs> Michelle Seven just walked in in a ridiculous outfit. <laughs> I don't know what it is that she's wearing, but there's a silly mask involved. Black uh, leather. If you are looking at the cam at cam.freetalklive.com, you can see that here. Uh, but uh, in, in the studio tonight, it is Ian here with you. Allie. Michelle. And uh, so we'll take your calls about anything. I think I was saying that, oh yeah, you can go to our website um, before I was distracted by you michelle uh you can go to our website and you can actually create the content so you submit something to the site and then others vote on it so for instance maybe you find a an article or a video perhaps online that you think is interesting and you want to share with our listeners submit it and then it will be voted upon and the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the site so head over to freetalklive.com to get interactive there uh, so, for those of you, uh, we didn't really get a chance last night to talk about this health care No, news. we didn't. Uh, that's right, Michelle. Double dose, by the way, of Michelle Seven. Alter uh, ego tonight. What, what, what is do you that, mean? Well, uh, Tawanda. Tawanda? Tawanda is here tonight. Last night was Michelle. <laughs> tonight is Tawanda. What have you ladies been doing <laughs> together? Have you had any idea? <laughs> I never heard of Tawanda. No? This is my first time meeting her. Yeah. Well, hello. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. uh, Allie and Tawanda joining us here uh, tonight. So, Tawanda, tell me what you think of uh, health care in America now that the Supreme Court has upheld the government mandating insurance coverage. Well, you uh, you just asked me what I think of health care in America. I think health care in America sucks. That's why I yeah. don't pay for it. And that's why, you know, use nutrition, exercise, meditation, those kinds of things to have a healthy body. I don't rely on um, the American Medical Association and the FDA and any of those other, you know, um, institutions and systems to to uh, protect my, my health and well-being. Um, I canceled my own insurance, my family's insurance, when Obamacare initially passed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of out of protest, but also like, don't tell me what to do. You know, and so, and then, you know, I subsequently found out I was ill and that was kind of, you know, uh, like that. But um, interestingly enough, okay, so everyone knows that it passed 5-4 and that it, the surprise was Roberts, who they had expected to, you know, go on the other, uh, the other way the, with the conservatives mm-hmm. and um, or so-called conservatives. Now, something that I read just prior to coming in was in the Examiner. And I'm here in New Hampshire, and this man, Kevin, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'll look it up. Kevin Kevzik, I think it is. He's claiming that it is, um, it's unconstitutional, not on the grounds that it went, that it was, you know, claimed when it went before the Supreme Court, but because now that it's been declared a tax, taxes originate in the House of Representatives, not the Senate, and this bill originated in the Senate, and therefore it's, by it being validated has actually been nullified have you heard that uh that's news to me yeah so it's interesting i don't know what that means so you're saying that because let me see if i got it straight you're saying that because the supreme court called this a tax therefore the entire thing's nullified because it wasn't created by the house of representatives correct but isn't every bill kind of going back doesn't it go back and forth between senate and house of representatives so isn't there a house version of this bill that had to pass 
I'm just repeat. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm kind of stupid about I, the whole system thing. Right. It's, a very, it's a very confusing right. system, and it's designed to be that way. I don't. I know, know that if there that are House resolutions, and then there are Senate right. resolutions, but you, this particular one was a Senate. So, but it always goes over to the House. It has to be approved by both houses. It originated though in the Senate, which is the distinguishing character. But know, in order to now get that to happen, they'd have to bring another Supreme Court case, wouldn't they? Right. So, what? Well, there's another what? Two, three more years, right maybe. there, maybe. Yeah. So it's a mess. If the government wants socialized health care, that's what they're going to give us. So I don't think it, you know, even if it means that they have to jump through some of their own hoops, I think it'll just come whether or not we like it or whether or not they did it the uh, legal way. I mean, the government breaks their own laws constantly. So it's kind of surprising when you hear people make points about, oh, well, they didn't really, the government didn't go by the law, so it doesn't really apply. Yeah. Because they're going to just... <laughs> apply it right. to you. Right. If you are somebody who pays taxes, that is, because as I understand it, it's going to be the IRS that's going to be essentially the collections and enforcement wing. They of have this a particular SWAT program. team now, I guess, right? Oh, I think they've had that for a while. Oh, if I I'm not mistaken. Hmm. But a lot of federal government agencies have police, they have their own mm-hmm. police division, essentially. Mm-hmm. So your, your thoughts are certainly welcome, by the way, on all this at 855-450-FREE. You know what I'm curious about is for all the people that are so upset about this, and of course there are plenty of people that are on talk radio, you know, um, bloviating all over the place about this particular issue. How many people who are actually upset about this are going to do something about it? And, and what I mean by that is to, I don't know, say refuse to participate in this particular program. And then accept whatever consequences will come from that. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be as simple as they're just going to jack some money from your paycheck or if they're going to start putting people in jail Mm -hmm. or what exactly the the penalty provisions are of this. What is it that you are willing to do? Is it anything? Because I predict most people aren't going to do anything. They're just going to... They're just going to complain, just like Americans are great at doing, great at complaining. Right. Uh, and then they're going to go right along with the program. They're going to do whatever it is that they're told to do, because ultimately, all these conservatives, these people that are uh, you know, the most upset about this, you know, they talk a good game about how they if oppose Bush this. If Bush had done it, then it, they would be hailing it as something great. Probably. You know? They talk a good game about how they oppose this, but ultimately, they're going to follow it because they hope that someday they'll get in charge and then they can <laughs> Im- implement their programs and their wars and their, you know, government, uh, whatever it is that they love for the government to do. They'll have the government do that. They want everybody to follow what their orders are when it becomes their time. So they're going right. to go ahead and dutifully do whatever it is they're told here. They'll be benevolent dictators, unlike the other regime. It's a terrible <laughs> situation. And again, would love to hear your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. There's actually apparently a website now that the government uh, people have put up called healthcare.gov. And it's absolutely absurd. Right when you get to the front page, it uh, you know, invites you to read the law. And I just opened it up just to see... You know, how many pages is this affordable, I believe it's called the Affordable Health Care Act or something to that effect? Yeah, the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. Go ahead. How many pages do you think it is? 4,000. Um, you can't look. Don't I, look. I won't look, but I just, I don't know. I don't know Take how much. Take a shot in the I'll dark. I'll just 500. Okay. 2,409 pages. <laughs> That's absurd. Who I was could just possibly being funny. read this? <laughs> right. Who? A lawyer. 
No, I don't even think, I mean, the amount of money you'd have to pay a lawyer to read this. No lawyer is going to want to read this on their own, I can't imagine. They're going to have to be hired by somebody. I mean, how long would this take to read? Not only could you not read this thing, you couldn't possibly understand it either. It's written in legalese. It's not even written in English. Well, the USA Patriot Act back in um, in October 26, 2002 is when it was passed. Mm -hmm. And um, the first time. And it, it was submitted by in its totality by um lots of different authors and no single person that voted on it read, read it in its entirety thing. no and it's yep. just absurd and i think there's actually even a stipulation in the constitution that in order to have anything passed it has to be read the bills have to be read like within 72 hours or two weeks so like there's a time frame from what As i Ali recall. pointed out so what none right. of that stuff matters so it doesn't matter if somebody set a time frame in the Constitution. If nobody follows the rules and no one enforces those rules on them, then what good are they? Right. And to think that the Bill of Rights in the Constitution was written to restrict the government, you know? Yeah, and protect. That was the idea. Yeah, exactly. And so I've proposed to people, um, and I've been arguing a little bit, that the United States Constitution, although it was a valid, you know, valiant attempt and everything, it's a failed experiment and it needs to be abolished and we need to try something new wait we're talking about the state the united states yeah. constitution yeah yeah okay. <laughs> well the state is a they all need to be sure. abolished i mean yeah. the, the the state governments need to be abolished as well but i think it's most pertinent that we get rid of the federal government everyone praises you know because you know ron paul was like well the constitution the founding fathers did I, I think it's a mistake to praise the constitution the founding fathers as you know uh, um you know, a golden calf because it, it's what got us in this debacle in the first place. 855-450-FREE. Do you agree with that? 855-450-3733. How do you feel about this new health care uh, thing? Looks like it's going to be happening now. What are you going to do about it? Anything? You're just going to do what you're told? Go along with the program like you always do? 1-855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live. It's not easy for an unknown person to get noticed in this busy world. Hello, I'm Brad Ryder. I'm a songwriter, and I have a couple of albums, one with a country sound and one that's Christian-inspired. I'd like to invite you to visit my Facebook page, facebook.com slash downbearmusic. If you like what you hear, tell your friends. My name's Brad Ryder, and my music is at facebook.com slash downbearmusic. And thanks for noticing. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. You can also enjoy live streams. We've got broadband, mid-band, and dial-up versions of the show. You can listen to them anytime you like, round the clock. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is available for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, you can link over to a list of our over 100 great radio stations on AM and FM across the, uh, the country that carry the show throughout the week. Our XM satellite radio uh, options are also available for you there. You can get information about those channels, uh, plus our free-to-air KU band satellite channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in. That's listen. 
www.freetalklive.com. Now, Bitcoins allow anyone to be able to send and receive payments to anyone in the world. And it's mathematically impossible for the Bitcoins to be counterfeited or inflated. Also, mathematically impossible for anyone, including governments, to block you from sending or receiving these payments. It's so simple, and it's getting even easier over time as different uh, innovators apply their brain power to Bitcoin, which is easy to do because it's not owned by anybody. It's open source. There's no corporation that's behind this. There's no big government that's issuing these. It's completely open source. It's completely decentralized, and it's untouchable by the state. It's great stuff. You should learn more about it. You can go to weusecoins.org to learn more. That's weusecoins.org. Plus, if you go to bitinstant.com, that allows you to get your Bitcoins with cash. So bitinstant.com, 855-450-FREE. As we continue here, your thoughts are welcome on the healthcare situation. The Supreme Court has voted 5-4 to four in favor of uh, continuing on with the uh, as they call it, the Affordable Health Care Act or something to that effect. Anyway, basically the idea is they're going to force Americans to purchase a product, which, of course, you know, that's old news, right? That's, that's always been that way. Lots of state governments force people to buy car insurance. So once again, it's the, uh, you know, the, what some people would say is unconstitutional, something that has been going on for a long time, the, the forcing of people to buy one product justifies the forcing of people to buy the next product and and the next and the next and so all the government has to do is say well we've been doing this for a long time look at all the you know the mandated car insurance now we're just going to mandate something else so of course they're going to find this is legal i wonder what's going to happen to uh, like scientologists and and people who um i would love it if someone call in actually who's a scientologist and explain this to me because they don't seek medical treatment oftentimes is that true about Scientology? Interesting. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Or, or, or not, maybe not Christian scientists. Christian scientists. Christian scientists. Right. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Christian scientists. Those are the folks that like won't even get glasses if they're going blind, that I sort of thing? I think so. Yeah. And so, you know, if that, then it's a religious uh, conflict, you know, because mm. if they're not going to use the, the product and, and what have you. So I'd be interested in hearing from yeah. someone like that. Good question. How is this going to affect you? Are you going to change anything about how you interact with the people calling themselves the state? Is this the last straw for somebody out there? And if so, what does that mean for you? 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I mean, I think it'd be great if somebody saw this and really kind of got interested, for instance, in the idea of secession. Yeah. Uh, they can, okay, what more do you need? I mean, the, how many more just absolute... Obvious, in-your-face examples mm-hmm. of we own you, that message, how many more times does that need to be shoved in your face before you finally decide to do something about it? And I don't mean violence. I don't think that's going to solve mm-hmm. any problems. I mean withdrawing your consent from the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how interesting that you are the government, same government that is forcing people to get insurance is also closing down um, state-allowed uh, cannabis operations that people are using in order to heal themselves of disease well of course they are i mean they're in favor of the corporations that back their agency Mm -hmm. and there's no corporation there's no like cannabis mega corporation that's backing the government so yeah i mean they're going to take so if you think that the government is is on your side and wants you to be healthy and it's uh you know loves you cares about you it's just a big fat lie absolutely (laughs) See, with this kind of bill, like Obamacare, I just, for one thing, I'm obviously not going to read it. Like you said, no one's going to really read this thing. 
And so I won't really know what's going to come of it until it's being implemented and I and see forced into healthcare it. costs go up and I, you know, have to be on a waiting list uh, like I hear they have to do in Canada. So, I mean, that kind of stuff I'll be upset about. But it's like one of those things where it's hard to protest now because you don't quite know what you're getting yet. You don't know what's going to happen from all this until it's too late, sort of. I don't know. I don't think it's uh, unreasonable to make certain predictions. I think that, uh, for instance, what this can do, this healthcare mandate, it, what this can do is it is going to result in further consolidation of the insurance business. Uh, and, and we've already seen that happen through government regulation. The insurance companies have managed to push more smaller insurance companies out of business or gobble them up yeah. and, and uh, take them over. In a lot of places, you really only have a handful of, uh, of insurance companies from which to choose. So you're probably going to see those companies consolidate. And the reason why is because there are provisions that come along with this Affordable Health Care Act that are going to mandate that insurance companies accept previous existing you know existing conditions so you right. come to them with uh, with cancer or or something horrible and they'll have to take you and from what i understand they're going to have to take you at the same rate as they would charge the average customer mm-hmm. so a healthy person right yep and so therefore that just means the rates are going to go up in general because obviously if they can't charge sick people more for their health insurance they're going to have to increase the rates on everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at some point, you know, these businesses, these healthcare providers, they're going to take on so much overhead that they're not going to be able to, to make it work. Some of them just aren't going to be able to make it work and they're going to go under and they get gobbled up and it'll consolidate ever further until at some point, you know, these guys won't be able to make it work because, you know, bringing in a bunch of sick people into a health insurance plan is, is you know, you're asking for trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, what it, what it also does is instead of like the way you described, oh, well, someone with a pre-existing condition will pay what, you know, the average person pays. So you can't think of it like... Oh, what the average person pays now, because it'll be le- well, yeah, it'll it's going to be a lot more. And then also think of it this way. They're really subsidizing illness. Yeah. We all know what happens and when government it. subsidizes something. You get more of it. There's going right. to be less incentive to be healthy and more illness. So because mm-hmm. you if you're a you know, sick person who uh, or perhaps you're you know, hypochondriac or mm-hmm. you're somebody who just doesn't care about yourself. Now you have even less reason to care because you know that down the line you just go ahead and sign up for insurance later on and they'll have to accept you. Yeah. They can't say no to you. So costs are going to skyrocket for these insurance companies, which eventually is going to result in con- consolidation among them. Mm-hmm. And once it's finally down to one or two insurance companies left, the insurance companies are going to go to the government and they're going to say, look, we can't do this. I mean, there's just too much overhead. We can't. We're going to. We can raise the rates even more, but our customers can't afford to pay for this anymore. So we we can't keep operating. And they're going to either get a bailout from uh, from the state, or the state's just going to take them over completely. And then you've got single payer at that point. Yep. And it's not like people weren't getting health care prior to this. Well, right. And that's the idea. Simply by saying that, oh, well, these companies shouldn't be able to accept sick people doesn't mean that they shouldn't be helped. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that those people shouldn't have assistance and get, you know, the treatments that they need. Just we need to find consensual methods of of doing this. So we can talk more about that in a moment. 855-450-3. Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique Silver Dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. 
While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on M-E-M-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there completely free. Once again, freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Allie. Tawanda! Tawanda is with us as well. Uh, you can also join us physically here in New Hampshire and over a thousand other people who are part of the Free State Project. That's the reason we're all here together. Otherwise, I would have never had the pleasure of knowing you ladies. And so I'm so grateful for the, uh, the Free State Project because it's brought so many wonderful people all to the same place. And we get to have all kinds of fun and yes. do activism and talk about freedom to people and, and hopefully achieve liberty in our lifetime. That's the idea. That's the big concept here is to move liberty-minded people together to the same place and have them work together to achieve more liberty in our lifetime. It's happening already. As I mentioned, over a thousand people are already here as part of the Free State Project here in New Hampshire. And you can join us by going to freestateproject.org. Get signed up there and learn more about the project. Get over 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire. And get on it, because the sooner you can get here, the sooner you can get active, the more things we can accomplish together. And then we can hopefully secede right. from this crazy federal government uh, that I want nothing to do with. And I just in case you're tuning in for the first time, I wanted nothing to do with it 10 years ago as well. So this isn't like some sort of Obama thing or like Obamacare. It was For me, it wasn't the last straw. The last straw happened uh, you know, over a decade ago for me. Uh, I have no interest whatsoever in having a federal government. It does not do anything for me. I don't imagine you ladies uh, feel differently on that matter. It doesn't do anything for me. I I don't want it to either. Right. I don't ask them for any services. I'm ready to secede any time. That would be great. I I like self-government and... And I actually, you know, it's um, it's funny because a lot of people say, how can you be a Christian and an anarchist? Well, I was an anarchist first, but my faith actually reinforced that because I think that if you are pledging allegiance, then that's idolatry, you know? And, and sure. so then the way people worship the it's state creepy. is just nauseating. Let's go to the phones, get your thoughts. You can bring up whatever's on your mind, whether it's the healthcare-related uh, discussion or anything you want. TSA George is uh, on the line calling from Canada. I just got back into the U.S. again. I'm on my way back home, now going home. Welcome back, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, I'm curious. First off, what was that last straw for you, Ian? I never, you know, of all the years I've been listening to the show, I've never heard exactly what was the last straw for you on the whole federal government anyway. Oh, I honestly don't remember. I, I just think that the, the last straw for, fell for me for all government pretty much at the same time, and that probably would have been a long time ago after I'd just seen enough people been aggressed against, and I came to the conclusion that, uh, you know, if... if we want to achieve liberty in our lifetime. We have to allow others to be free. So uh, I really couldn't pinpoint any one thing. It's just been so long. I mean, my entire adult life has been spent uh, working towards the ideas of freedom and communicating those ideas. So it's really, it's all a blur for me. Oh, okay. Anyway, I was calling to tell, like, the differences between going through Canadian immigration and customs and American ones. Sure. Uh, this time, this time was my first time ever, this is like my fourth, was my fourth four trips into Canada. First first time ever they did not search me. And this one was the first time ever I actually like, had a weapon with me uh, and they didn't search my car. Meaning or, the Canadian guys didn't search you on the way in? Yeah. This is, I mean, this is my fourth trip 
shitted that I bought a pork fest and stuff like that in my trunk. I told him I had it right there. Uh, she was like, whatever, and just waved me on proof. Cool. <laughs> and so, ironically, and then when I come to uh, American Customs here in Detroit, uh, yeah, I drove to Windsor. Anyway, when I go through here, um, it wasn't that I didn't get searched, but I accidentally took a wrong turn into the search lane, and they told me, uh, and the guy was uh, there was like, are you carrying any weed or are you carrying any guns? I'm like, nope. They get out of the search lane right there. I don't want to tear up your Mustang. Wow, you sounds like you got a pretty sweet deal. So coming in, coming back in, you had a nice car, and so he decided not to search you. I know. I, I think it's like I guess because I had a nice car or something like that. It's like so weird because I entered by mistake this search area. You know, it doesn't hurt to have a fancy car when you're going through uh, checkpoints. And thank you, uh, George. Have a safe trip out there. Appreciate hearing from you. You know, if you're driving a Lexus or a BMW or something fancy like that. You know, odds are good you're not going to get as much harassment from the police. They know you can hire a lawyer, or at least they'll think that you can. (laughs) Yeah, but if they can confiscate your car, then it's more likely that they'll try to do something like that. (sighs) Yeah, but how often does that happen at the border? I don't know. Maybe it happens a lot. But it would seem to me that uh, the cops are bullies, and the border cops are no different from regular cops in that way. Bullies like to be able, they have to have a victim. Like, they need someone that that can be victimized. Well, right. But you want to pick on an easy mark. Someone who doesn't have a lawyer, likely. Exactly. Or, you know, somebody that doesn't know their rights, for instance. So, typically, if you... You know, it's not that rich people know their rights, but they can't afford lawyers. But also that maybe they just see somebody with a beat up car as just an easy somebody who's easier to victimize. They don't have any resources to their name, or at least they don't think. I mean, who knows? The guy in the the beat yeah. up car might be a millionaire. They don't know, uh, but uh, they make judgments based on what they see. So many laws are in place to penalize um, the lower economic echelon. Absolutely. You know, we've talked about that regarding like driving. Things you know that um, you get your. I was able to have my truck towed to my house because I happened to have two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars cash in my pocket. Mm. Had you not, then it would have been towed to the impound lot, and I would have been paying impound fees and the two hundred fifty dollar tow to get it there, and yep. you know, and and and, and so it's just, and you're not allowed to go to an ATM or anything. It has to be in, in your pocket. There, right Who then. walks around with you know? $250 in their in their wallet, typically. Not very many people, no. especially if they're folks that live paycheck to paycheck. Right. So absolutely, the system is designed to attack people who are on the poor end of things. And if you look at, going back to the healthcare discussion here again, the government wants to position itself as though they're the friend of the poor. Yeah. When in point of fact, uh, the government's involvement in healthcare has done nothing but dr- drive up healthcare costs over the years. And so when poor people need to get healthcare coverage or they need to go see the doctor, it costs them more. I mean, if if it costs you... I don't know what's it cost to see a doctor. A hundred bucks at least for a, for an appointment, just to have him see it for five minutes and prescribe something. something. Like it's like a hundred bucks it for that. It was two hundred and fifteen for Omar to go in and have the doctor grab his balls or whatever they do, the physical for, or something? yeah, like that, and um, no blood work. Uh, his his heart rate and those kinds of two hundred fifteen dollars. That costs more. I mean, if. If it's $215 for Omar and it's $215 for a multimillionaire that walks in, it costs more for Omar, right? Yes. Because he doesn't have as much uh, much money. But the solution there isn't to come up with some crazy uh, one-size-fits-all, we're going to force you into a program whether you like it or not situation. The solution is to get the government the hell out of health care mm-hmm. so the costs aren't driven up by all the regulations and the regulatory agencies like the FDA and, yeah. and Medicare and Social Security and all this. You take the government out of it, healthcare costs can then drop 
because of competition and open, you know, an open marketplace and all the costs that come down as a result of that. And then if people still can't afford things at that point, even though the costs would be lower, then we can have mutual aid societies like you mentioned before. And you can have charitable organizations helping people out like the Shriners and other groups, uh, St. Jude, for instance, all kinds of different organizations that and there would be more of them that would spring up in right. the absence of the government control. So, There's, oh, good. Well, why is it that, like, so this whole Obamacare thing it seems to be really popular among the left? And I'm making a generalization, but I think you know that's pretty obvious. And um, but then I also hear the left always complaining, "Oh, Americans are so fat and unhealthy," and blah blah blah. Like, we need to be more like other places where they take better care of themselves. Mm. So then, why? Why do you want to like like I know that people with pre-existing conditions or people with conditions that they were just born with yeah that's really sad and I would like to you know help take you know one day have money to take care and help those people but you know why would I be subsidizing some old guy that spent his life as a couch potato um and didn't do anything for his own health why would i with my little meager wage have to pay for that guy that seems like against uh leftist thought that you know those people should be responsible for their own health when i was um pregnant with i I had omar it was ten thousand dollars for me to have each of my three kids in a hospital and i didn't have insurance Mm. at the time and i was told in san diego that it was because i was paying for those who couldn't afford treatment Toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Well, Ali, I think that a lot of people would agree with you, even some of those on the left, and that's why the next step will be to come up with controlling what people can eat. Uh, so there's more that they're going to build on to this. This is Free Talk Live. MindThings.com is a fun online game that pits you against people around the world to mine for scarce resources. Do business in a capitalist economy with virtually mined gold tax-free. You could be a trader doing business between cities, a pirate lying in wait for hapless traders, a guard capturing pirates, or one of nine other professions. It doesn't require a big-time commitment. Your mining robots work whether you're logged in or not. It costs nothing to play, but you can buy bonuses. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MindThings.com. Use coupon code FTL. Double your mining speed. It's free. MindThings.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want toll-free, 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. You can shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. That's where you can enter Amazon. You'll be able to access Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, and the U.S. Amazon through shop.freetalklive.com. And when you go there, when you shop through those links, Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase price. So enjoy over at freetalklive.com. Excuse me, shop.freetalklive.com. It'll take you right there. One of the things you can't buy over at shop.freetalklive.com is health insurance. Uh, it'll become more and more difficult for you, likely, to get a hold of, uh, of health insurance. Sure, they're saying it's affordable. Uh, the government, that's what they're calling this, the Affordable Care Act. Several thousand pages uh, that you can spend all kinds of time reading if you want to. How relevant it will actually end up being to your life, I don't know. I don't imagine it will be very relevant at all. Why don't they just call it the Government Makes Everything Better Act? 
That's, you know, don't <laughs> that's give them any fantastic. ideas. <laughs> that's probably what they're going to do next because that's what they sure would like you to think. They would like you to think they're out there looking out for you, looking out for the little guy. They're here to help. Uh, but ultimately, we were touching on something when we went away to the break that I think is an interesting point about how, well, the, the way this system is set up where healthcare is going to be, or healthcare, health insurance rather, is going to be mandated upon everybody mm-hmm. that the health insurance companies will be mandated to accept anyone who applies is going to result in dramatic increases in costs. It's going to result in people being less concerned about their health because they'll just think, well, government's going to take care of me, so why should I care about how much I smoke or how much I drink or whatever, whatever I eat? Why should I care? Government's going to handle it. And all of these costs are going to result in, you know, the spiraling down of the healthcare industry due to the ever-increasing overhead and mm-hmm. uh, consolidation. And eventually, the company is going to run out of money. And whether this, whether controls come in before they run out and completely go out of business and turn them their, you know, roster over to the federal government to administrate uh, to administrate health insurance to people, or it happens beforehand or after, it doesn't matter. Eventually, they're going to come down with rules, right? Eventually, they're going to say, well. Americans, it looks like uh, you know there's no sixteen ounce sodas. It's just too it's too unhealthy out there. Uh, people are not being healthy. We need to have mandates uh, put put down on what you can drink and what you can eat. But the thing is, is their standard is so much lower than mine in everything, and I resent it. I resent these these um you know the the four boxes of your fruits and vegetables and meat and whatever. The and then it, then it became the pyramid. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a square when I was a kid. And then now they it's called it. my plate. Okay, my plate. plate now. It's no longer now. Michelle Obama, thanks to Michelle. Yeah, and you know that their standard is lower than mine, and so I I want to say to the state, you know, try to fill my shoes. Step up. Well, one of my (laughs) questions about their recommendations is, you've got your standards, Michelle, and other people may have differing uh, interests because maybe their body chemistry is a little different, or Uh, allergies, or whatever. Sure. So everybody has something that's not necessarily, maybe it'll work for some people, but it won't for others. Like, you know, different diets are effective with Mm -hmm. some people, but not with other people. Uh, So the idea that one size fits all is pretty absolutely outrageous and very, I think, realistic. But that's what they're going to do. They're going to come down with some sort of mandate about how, oh, well, you can't have, like you said, soda. Or you can't uh, eat this fatty food over here. You can't do this and that. Or you have to start exercising. Or who knows where they're going to go with this. We've already seen the beginnings of it in big cities like New York City where they Mm -hmm. banned uh, the the use of trans fats. Uh, and uh, what else? Say, soda. New York ounce, is doing the yeah. soda thing. And they Someplace mentioned popcorn Connecticut. and milkshakes also. Right. And there's also a place in Connecticut that's looking at banning uh, sugary drinks as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of time before they start doing more of this stuff. But you know, it wouldn't be possible if everyone was happy and and successful in whatever endeavors they were trying to do. And they, were, they had enough money um, to have a... a decent standard of living you know like the 70s or the 60s or whatever and so i'm interested in social trends and i you definitely see that the government's able to pull the wool over people's eyes when they're you know they're apathetic they're tired they're worn out you know working all the time right i really want to encourage people to like dig down deep and find your passion and you know be happy with the life you're living because then you're going it's going to be a Mm -hmm. life worth fighting for 
you know, and um, and this this idea that people are are going to be utilizing medicine or or health care that they might not need. They're already doing that. Two years ago, I was in the emergency room after one of my kids had like this really weird reaction to something. And and so um, we were there and it was about midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And there were single moms in there with small toddlers and they it it had become a meeting place. (laughs) Yeah. The kids had like sniffles or something, but they were in there kind of like you know, chewing the cud with each other. And that's, and I asked them, they said that they get together and do that a couple times a month. In the emergency room? Yeah. That's weird. For right. sniffles. For like sniffles. And it gives them a chance to talk and they watch the TV and the kids play at wow, midnight. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It's a terrible place to be too. I don't, I mean, yeah, I've it's only- a very unhealthy place right, to be. hung out in an emergency room like once or twice. I've never had to go myself luckily, but- yeah, I never want to go back if I can, especially if I'm hurt, because I just don't want to see all of that stressful. It's like just very right. stressful place. Not to mention the MRSA that's yeah, in there. Yeah, a good place to catch some staff. sort of infection. Yeah. It's yep. terrible. <laughs> it's five, just bad thinking, too, altogether, you know? one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. That's 855-450-FREE. So, you know, where's your line? I mean, do you have a line? And have you ever thought about that before? You know, if if your line is crossed, if this isn't your line, where is it? This whole healthcare mandate, because why should this be your line? I mean, it really shouldn't be if you think yeah. about it. You've been taking all kinds of crap from the federal government for your whole adult life. I mean, they've been uh, various different governments. For instance, the state governments mandate auto insurance in most places. I think New Hampshire is one of the few places that doesn't uh, mandate auto insurance, but in most places it is mandated. So, you know, this is old news. The state mm-hmm. has, has mandated you buy things before. Right. Why didn't you get upset about that? At this point, if people are still sitting here saying, all right, well, I can take it now, but one more straw and I'm out. Like, I just... I think it's kind of, I think at this point, it's all about ideas. Like maybe back, you know, when Ron Paul got into the whole political movement, he was like his last straw was when they get off the, went off the gold standard. So I could see like some huge thing like that. But at this point, it's like so draconian and the government's so involved in all this stuff that People, if you're paying attention at all, if you have any idea of how involved the government is in the market, then, you know, there's no more straws to be had. You're just either mad about it and your your mind's been changed by the ideas of self-ownership and things like that, or you're still along that path, or you just, you know, you just are apathetic and don't care. Right. 855-450-FREE allows you to uh, take control here. Still to come here tonight, there's a lot of other stuff worth talking about, including uh, this news about Eric Holder. He's the attorney genital uh, from the (laughs) U.S., and he has been, uh, I guess, found in contempt uh, of Congress. He's a bad guy. So it's different from contempt of court. This is contempt of Congress. And the rumor had it that he was facing up to, like, 10 whole days in jail but don't you worry because the justice department has uh gone ahead and come out with the news that apparently it's not going to prosecute its boss uh attorney general eric holder jr's decision to withhold certain documents about a flawed gun operation from congress is not a crime according to the washington post's Sari Horowitz. This is uh the justice department has decided that he will not be prosecuted for contempt of congress that should cause everyone 
who has ever got been ticketed or fined or anything or had any sort of of you know imposition by the government um, to you know be I say up in arms I I, um, I don't necessarily mean you know <laughs> literally you know, yeah. yeah exactly but um, if justice is not uh, doled out equitably then it's not just and Clearly. here he is the head of the justice department <laughs> absurd yeah. and he's been he's been exonerated on this even though he has been found in contempt of congress he won't be prosecuted for it so ultimately this is just a oh you naughty boy that's really all they've done to him at this point mm-hmm. did you really expect something would happen mark was in here last night saying oh i wonder if they're going to put him in jail really <laughs> You really wondered if they were going to put him in jail. Mm. When's the last time that ever happened? Has it ever happened? I mean, honestly, I'm not familiar with all of the attorneys' genital in this country, so I don't know uh, absolutely for certain. But has it ever happened, do you think? Has a attorney genital been I kind of doubt that. It seems like it would be embarrassing for them to... John Ashcroft certainly wasn't back. No? No. no. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves, whether it's your thoughts on health care or this attorney genital situation. 1-855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, yeah, you know, sell some guns to some criminals down south, lie about it, cover it up, and walk away. Mm. Sweet deal. Hour two's up next. Free Talk Live. There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one. It's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com, ccrane.com. Free Talk Live, toll-free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. The SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy all the features that we give to you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Create the content over at freetalklive.com. You find something you want to share with our listeners and the hosts, you can submit it as show prep. It will be voted upon and the most voted up. Make it to the front page in the top of the site. So head over to freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. Freetalklive.com. Tonight in the studio, it's Ian. Allie. Michelle. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Matt listening in Michigan to WSJM over in Benton Harbor. Hey, Matt. Hey, how you doing? Just great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I was listening to your conversation about the uh, the healthcare program getting to pass through, and I thought I'd pass a few comments along. Please do. Well, it's, to me, this this whole thing is just getting ramrodded right through. And it, it would be like if I owned like a Chevy Camaro or an Impala, and I took it to the mechanic, and I wasn't happy with the performance because we all know that they run Medicare, they run Medicaid, they run IRS, they run the post office system. And then I said, you know what, I don't like the performance, but let's go ahead and let them work on my Ferrari. <laughs> it just makes absolutely no sense <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, if you thought the lines at the post office were bad, wait till uh, the government gets in control of health care. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's, we're asking for a disaster. I can't believe anybody would support this. 
in their right mind. Well, you know, one thing um, that Oregon has has consistently been kind of at the forefront regarding uh, leftist education and and um, medical um, uh, issues or whatever. And my grandparents, my grandfather and my grandmother on my paternal, my dad's side, were both euthanized by the wow. hospital. Yeah. And um, they, my grandfather- Where was this? In Eugene, Oregon. Yep. My grandfather went in. He was 94 years old. He mm. had become blind with macular degeneration, but he was still um, riding his uh, segue to the gym because <laughs> he had memorized how to get there. And he had a little bell, you know, or whatever, and people knew him in his neighborhood. So mm. he would- he would uh, ride blind he was still playing he was a master bridge player and he still kept a garden and everything and uh was very healthy and he went in with the flu and um probably needed to get you know help with some hydration maybe you know get some fluids pumped in him or whatever and the doctor told my uncle who's a socialist and kind of you know and that bent um that they could make him really comfortable and then he wouldn't, they wouldn't have to worry about him ever getting sick again. And he'd had a really good run. They hooked him up to a, um, a morphine drip and he was dead the next day. And they did the same thing to my grandmother three months later. So they did it with the permission of his son. Yeah. Who every time, you know, at that point when my grandparents would, you know, if they ever went into the hospital or anything, mm-hmm. they had a, uh, what a power of attorney or something like that, that was, um, my eldest, their eldest son, uh, became the, the uh, conservator or something like that, you know, in case they went into a coma or couldn't make a decision for themselves. Right. And so, yeah, it was up to him. How do you feel about that? <sighs> I, I mean, like I nauseated, I mean, angry, horrified. I don't you speak, believe I don't, that people should be able to take their own lives. Yes, right? but not kill someone else. My, my grandparents yeah. were very, very strict Catholics and mm-hmm. um, would never have accepted something like that and and what have you and the decision was taken out of their hands completely yeah matt your thoughts well i you know i'd be the first to admit that healthcare needs reform Uh, there's no getting around it and i think every healthcare professional would agree with you 100 percent. but you know the tactic that we're taking and even if you looked at other countries and said they were successful i still go back to the same rule of thumb is we're we're letting them work on our chevy impala and we think they're doing a disastrous job, and we're going to hand them the keys to our Ferrari and say, oh, let, let's have a try at it. Good point, Matt. I thank you for the call for tonight. Disaster. Yep, I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I mean, what is it that government does right uh, that it set out to actually accomplish? I mean, besides building kill roads? people, <laughs> besides kill people. Yeah. doesn't know, do a good, very good job building the roads. No. But, no. Yeah. but that's what everyone always says. You know, right. who's going to build the roads? Exactly. I don't know about where you live, but the roads around here are garbage. I mean, they're awful. just awful. And uh, so, yeah, okay, some governments might be a little bit better at building roads than other governments. But the thing is, the factor that you don't see is how roads could be built if it weren't monopolized. If the mm-hmm. government yeah. wasn't the only agency out there that was possibly able to build roads. From right, and if there was an incentive to build them to make them last for 20 years, yeah. not right. for one. Exactly. And also, the government doesn't even, like, you know, government's just an idea, of course, but then the people in government don't actually provide any of these services. They just contract their friends to do that. To do it, so basically, they they just create monopolies around services. So even when people think that, even if you believe that the government's good at something, or you can point to a service that the government takes uh, credit for, it's not 
government itself that's doing it because all the bureaucracy would keep it from anything getting done. So they just contract for private companies to do it, but they pick basically uh, one or two to do it, and it drives all the other uh you're talking about with out. like road building, like because road it's building. not true with tax collection, for instance. There, it's the IRS that's doing it. It's not a private company. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, they're good at they coerce people on their own, but when it comes to providing a service, they usually contract other people to do it. Typically, whether it's uh, building a road or having red light tickets uh, sent out to people, there are these corporations that uh, literally work hand in hand with the state to increase its control over our lives. And those people working for those companies should be ashamed. They should be ashamed of what they're doing to people. Like whoever it is that came up with the red light camera in the first place, yep. whoever it is that came up with speeding cameras, you are not helping anyone. You're helping enslave people, mm-hmm. and you should walk away from that kind of work. Did you happen to hear, this is a, away from Obamacare and all that, but did you happen to hear about the young woman who was um, arrested and spent 12 hours in jail in uh, Speed trap? Texas? Yes. Let's talk about that. I've got that story here, too. We'll get to, uh, to her in a moment. She was alerting drivers to an upcoming speed trap. And the police rewarded her by arresting her for it. But first, Dave is listening in Indy to WXNT. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Allie and Michelle. Yeah, I think we're on the same page this time, Cannabis Fiend. Um, listen, Obama Did you just call me Cannabis Fiend? I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. <laughs> yeah, Smoke I did. two yeah. joints. <laughs> <laughs> Pass the Dutch to the left-hand side. Uh, look, Obamacare... I keep checking Article 1, Section 8 in my copy of my Constitution. I don't see medicine in there. I don't see a federal role for medicine. It's never mentioned. So that that being said... Well, your interpretation yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, the interpretation of five uh, men and women in Washington, D.C. that uh, wear robes is all that matters. Yeah, well, there were mandarins and sansculottes in history, too. But here's the point. This is a pretty insidious... Uh, tax. Anyway, I'm not a big fan of income or property. But is it, hold on, is it any more insidious than forcing people to buy car insurance? Well, you don't have to drive. I didn't drive for four years, and I still work two jobs. Hmm. But here's the point. Okay? You have income and property, and I don't like those either. I think those are garbage. But the thing about it is, this is the first time that they have taxed the individual for existence. I mean, usually when we get taxed on something, it's after the fact. You it's could tax- still be homeless. I mean, if you want to say, well, you don't have to drive, I could say you could still like be homeless and not have a job, and you could avoid this tax. Yeah, but, but here's the point. Obamacare is so bad because it taxes your existence. Okay? Usually, that- when you get taxed on something... Now, let me finish. Let me finish. Seriously. When you get taxed on something, it's usually something that you've created, and that tax is levied after the fact. Now, the only thing you have to do to be liable for this tax is to be born. To take a breath. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't Everybody. you argue? It's actually, to go, it's actually the only thing you do to be liable is if you're working, right? Because they can only enforce this on people that are working within kind of I the corporate I don't structure. Think so. I mean, you had better no, because if you need medical care and you can't pay for it, they're going to you're going to either be on some kind of government plan. Sounds like a wonderful free market opportunity, them. actually. What do you mean by but, that? But, I think that we're going to see, um, you know, alternative health care, you know, rise because a lot of those acupuncturists and, and you know, if things like approved. that don't get paid through a lot of insurance anyway. And so they're well, if, a cash business. Version. Pardon me? How many times, if it's an approved version, how many times in the bill does it say, as determined by a commissioner? Why? There's still a lot of ambiguity, but here's the point. 
Hold that thought, Dave. We can bring you back if you want to make that point in moments. 855-450-FREE. More with Dave and your thoughts as well are welcome if you make the call. 855-450-FREE. That's toll free. We're here to take your calls about anything, whether it's your thoughts on the future of healthcare in America or whatever is on your mind. 1-855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. A technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want, toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can talk about health care or whatever might have to be on your mind. Still to come here, uh, we've got the story about the lady who was arrested for holding up a sign letting motorists know a speed trap was ahead. 1-855-450-FREE. By the way, if you've got some paperwork you need to get taken care of of a legal nature... Well, here's a word to the wise. You can go to LegalZoom.com. They got all kinds of different legal documents that can help you out. Patents, wills, trademarks, uh, incorporation papers. You can use code FTL to save $10 off your order if you order over at LegalZoom.com. That's LegalZoom.com. As we go back to your calls and your thoughts, Dave is with us listening in Indy to WXNT. Dave, you were getting to a point about uh, your thoughts on the healthcare situation. Go ahead with that, sir. Oh, yeah. I just I think it's flat-out fascism. It's a driver for single-payer, which Obama himself has said he's a fan of. Uh, The only good thing in this whole situation is, as bad as that decision was, and I think it's Dred Scott, too, I don't know how it didn't violate the 13th Amendment for involuntary servitude. Because, again, you haven't taxed something that somebody has made. You've taxed their very existence to be liable for this tax. It's always involuntary servitude, any form of tax. (laughs) Yeah, but but the, the... the really sick part is, you know, we, there was nothing that was created, okay, by somebody that somebody else wanted to tax. This is this is like a the social security system, which you know I want to opt out of as well. We're not a number; we're each individual. So, what are you going to do about it? Good question. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it okay. Obamacare itself, the one good thing is that it is front and center up for a vote come November. Now, I know you guys are pessimistic. What do you mean, up for a vote? Because if we get, here you go, let me get through this before you interrupt me, but if we get Romney in the White House and we get enough Tea Party conservative or Tea Party conservative-leaning Republicans in both houses, and we get both houses, we get rid of this thing. 100%. 100%. Well, I don't know who oh, we you're is. you're such a believer. I don't know who we is. First of all, I want nothing to do with people who want to tell me how to live my life. And that's what those Republicans want. And that's yeah, what the, Demo- that's what the Democrats want, gotta, too. And you've got to be crazy second, if you think that electing on. Mitt Romney is going to end Obamacare. This dude created well, his own health insurance until mandate. He's a proven, listen, until he's a proven liar, take him at his word. <laughs> you Ridiculous. How much more do you need? Oh. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it, man. Ridiculous. Unless he, until he's, he's proven, proven to be a liar. liar. <laughs> really? 
You don't think Mitt Romney is already a proven liar? I imagine our friends in Massachusetts oh could come gosh. up with a laundry list of lies told by that man. Friends in Massachusetts? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we do have some friends, and there are some good people still down there in uh, in Massachusetts. But I'm sorry, it's not we. I mean, maybe you meant uh, Dave. Maybe you meant you and your Republican buddies have this crazy belief that the man who instituted Romney Care in Massachusetts is somehow going to overturn Obamacare. I mean, right. It's one politician versus another politician. Take one out, substitute the other. They're all the same. Okay, so even if that's true. And it's not because, again, he's doing – they did the same thing in Massachusetts as they, they've done basically on the nationwide level, and that was under Mitt Romney. So what? So he comes in, gets into office, and then changes the program to where it's more the way him and his buddies want it? It's not going to go away. Just the idea it's that the GOP is uh, for smaller government or anything like that, it just it's, – it's a big trick. Just trust them, and Allie. They you, mean it this time. If you fall for them, you're going to get – totally gypped and yeah, you're just a dupe. you're gonna go along with it and you're gonna end up making government bigger if you go along with the gop or the or uh the democrats you're gonna end up making government bigger you really you must not have been paying attention dave didn't sound like a young man he sounded like he was maybe in his late 30s or 40s or mm-hmm. something like that uh i could understand if you were maybe 18 and you'd never been experienced an election before, and this was your first election, and you'd never paid any attention to politicians or you know the. You've never scene. asked, heard Bill Clinton ask, "What is is?" Yeah, what is what does is mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe if you've been completely disconnected and you have no idea what politics is about, then you could believe what David's telling you. But if you've actually paid any attention, then you know that these people lie. That's what they do. They're professional liars. And, you know, if they actually had something valuable to bring to the marketplace, they'd be busy doing that rather than being politicians. So they're liars. They are not going to tell you the truth. And they're going to screw you over so they can benefit their friends. That's what they do with the power they have. They help their friends and they punish their enemies. And if you elect Mitt Romney, it's only Mitt Romney's friends who are going to benefit. And let me tell you something, Dave. You're not his friend. He doesn't care about you. But I campaigned for Romney and I joined off. He doesn't care. (laughs) And I doubt very many people actually did campaigning without being paid for Mitt Romney. I was thinking that no one's really door knocking for Romney that I know of. Did you see in the debate the um, young man, I think he has MS, who was in the wheelchair, who asked Romney whether or not um, he would, you know, be interested in legalizing marijuana because it's medicine for him? Or was this Four years ago. No, no, no. This was just a couple, um, one of, like the third to the last debate or something like that. Mm. And they, a video went around about it. It was pretty great. So this kid is asking, you know, what about me? Um, I use, you know, cannabis as medicine. And he patted him and he's just like, oh, yeah, thanks for coming. <laughs> I remember a video like that from back in 2007 or eight during the most, uh, the previous campaign. I'll pull it up. Uh, where it was somebody in New Hampshire, actually, who had asked him a very similar question. Another person in a wheelchair who was mm-hmm. a medical marijuana or medical cannabis patient had asked Romney something very similar. And the response was basically to almost completely ignore the man. Yeah. So obviously he's not interested in that man's well-being or no. welfare or 
would have you can't you. benefit politically from that. Do the you ABC think that, sees that you can reach out to politicians like that? Like, do you think that it's even worth trying, or is the to, purpose to reach out for what purpose? Like to reach out to them to try to sway their conscience, like as if Romney's going to be like, "You're right. I feel bad about my anti <laughs> or my pro drug war stance," and you're right. We should just do away with all of that. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, no. Because if they changed, if they changed the their philosophical, you know, construct, then they would cease to be politicians. But do they even have a philosophical construct? Like, is there anything philosophically consistent at all about what they do? No, no. In fact, uh, you can you can find that out by asking them to summarize their beliefs in one sentence. This is a great tactic that Mark Stevens uses. I like that uh, from Adventures in Legal Land. Where he'll ask somebody who is one of these Democrats or Republicans, can you just go ahead and sum up your philosophy or your principles mm-hmm. in one sentence? Because mm-hmm. we can all do that. Yeah. I believe that you know you should be free to live your life how you want, so long as you don't harm anybody else. Boom. Right. Done. Mine's no, as long as I can say no without fear of uh, uh, force, fraud, or coercion, then I'm free. Yeah. So it's pretty simple to. How would you f- sum up your philosophy in one sentence? I'd have to think about it harder. I'm too on the spot. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, but th- well, I guess that is one factor there, as you are putting somebody on the spot. But usually they won't be able to. I mean, they don't have a philosophy. They I don't guarantee have a you, she'll have it figured out by tomorrow. And if anyone ever asks her that question again, <laughs> she'll have an answer for it. Though you know, I could spit out something if I was like on a podium trying to be a politician. I could probably think of something to say. But yeah, I mean. Uh, it's just it's difficult because I always feel like I would leave something out or I would. But at the same time, yeah, it's pretty much like Ian said, just, you know, you don't hurt people and you don't defraud people. And as long as, you know, you uh, make good on all your promises, then you're fine. Eight five five four fifty free. I mean, the, the philosophy or principle of a Republican or Democrat usually breaks down to, well, I do whatever it is Rush Limbaugh says or the president <laughs> says or, you know, the party leader says. One eight five five four fifty free. You take control. Bring up what you want. Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. Talk live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll free number here is 855 453. It's a single CAI toll free line 1 855 450 3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian, Allie, and Michelle. And website features include news updates. You can get signed up. We will keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up for emailed updates there, Twitter, Facebook as well. Whichever method works best for you, go to news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. Now, I've got something that is in the uh, the staff kitchen here at lrn.fm that I find a really handy appliance, and you probably will find it even more useful because if you love internet radio or you just love radio, period, uh, the C-Crane CC Wi-Fi internet radio is the device for you. You can get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. 
That's not all, though. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 Tunes, all available through the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. You can listen to your favorite stations uh, from maybe back where you used to live, uh, if they stream online, or all the way across the world. Uh, you can do it all with the C-Crane CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. Go get it at ccrane.com and learn about some of their other great products. These are excellent quality products. These guys don't uh, cut corners. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. You can also mention Free Talk Live when you check out and get yourself a free flashlight at ccrane.com. 855-450-FREE. Right back to you and your thoughts. Let's talk to Brian in Oklahoma City. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Allie, and Michelle. Yeah, I want to talk about drones and... uh just wanted to be clear that I don't approve of the uh, mass murder being done or the invasion of privacy or anything like that. But okay, um, I think drones are kind of cool, though. I mean, whatever application that you would use a helicopter for, you know, besides carrying people or materials, if it's if it's uh, surveillance or you know surveying or something, it's more uh, efficient in fuel and. Uh, the costs of, of drones are are going to come down, and um, no doubt about you know it. To, I I absolutely you know to, agree with you. I mean, this this is technology that is very cool uh, when it's not being used for killing people. I mean, if what we're talking about is, uh, for instance, chasing down an actual bad guy who has actually harmed somebody else, it makes a hell of a lot more sense to put a drone up in the sky than an entire helicopter. Uh, you know, the helicopter is going to cost a, a bunch of money just to fill up with gasoline and to maintain and all that. Uh, the drone, on the other hand, not so much. Uh, so, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of technology that the government uses could be very cool when used by the marketplace, uh, but it's just because when they're using it for the governmental purposes, it's, it's scary. Like, for instance, the company that makes the Roomba, you familiar with them? Yeah, there's a company in Massachusetts that makes this little vacuum cleaner robot that's just so good, so adorable. It just bumps around your floors and it kind of picks things up. And have you seen this before? No, but it reminds me of something from the Jetsons. It, it sounds exactly cool. like <laughs> Yay, that. Yay, I love that. Yeah, so this is a product that has been around now for a few years and there have been a couple different generations of them. And this company makes a vacuum cleaning robot, but they also have a contract with the military. So and on one hand, they have this really useful household device. And on the other hand, they have a killing machine. So, you know, it's it's you know, it's great technology. It's just in the wrong hands. I like it how in Hunger Games, I don't know if you saw that. but I did. Okay, so you know when um, he uh, she gets little things delivered, mm. you know, to her with like the little drone things. They're like, they look like little flying bugs or something, yeah. you know, so it's kind of like a drone or whatever. I would love to get a love note like that. <laughs> I would love to be, you know, out the next my garden. Pigeon. Yes, right. exactly. And have something brought down and like, you know, oh Michelle Seven's having a rough day. I'm gonna send her a martini. If we could <laughs> if we could do something like that, it'd be fabulous. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> so yeah, Brian, I'm with you as as far as that goes. Um you know how uh whatever con- any country that has a nuke hasn't been invaded by the United States. I think with the dropping prices of drones, we, we may see a similar kind of chilling effect where if you're going to be some kind of warmongering, you know, assassin, that you may never be able to go outside again because everyone's going to have a drone and uh, well, there will be this new kind of accountability 
Not everybody wants a drone, so I doubt everyone (laughs) will have a drone. But right now, you can go get a drone for a few hundred bucks. I mean, they are not very expensive at all. In fact, uh, Bo, who's one of the local activists here in Keene area, had bought his own drone uh, a few months back. So thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Brian. In fact, there was a drone flying around at Porkfest during the group photo I think it was Josh Noon from the Josh Noon band. He had like a, you know, I don't know how much it cost. It, these little drones can't cost that much money, a few hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they come mounted already with cameras pre-installed on them. So they are ready to rock and roll right out of the box. I mean, it's a nice, it's a cool product. Have you seen the picture of the guy who took his dead cat and mounted it? Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> now there's there's video of this too. Oh no way. It's oh so- yeah. It is so funny. There's actually a, a really hilarious video. It's called Orville Copter because the cat's name was Orville. Oh, funny. So if you look for uh, Orville Copter, you can find the videos of this. And one of them, they have or- Orville Copter in a, in a field uh, with cows around. It's just kind of fun. They're chasing the cows with the cat, the dead cat. Oh. Can you like call the fire department if it gets caught in a tree? <laughs> yeah. Let's go to David in Whitefish, uh, Montana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Allie, and Michelle. Hey, yo, Viva Cannabis, man. Hey, David, hey, what are your thoughts? Them drones are just going to be finding my pot plants, man. That's yo, Rocky Balboa, I love him. That, them things are going to be a pain in the neck, man. <laughs> They're going to have to make... But anyway, I call up for the health uh, health care thing. Sure. If they make us pay for it, I don't think they should make profit. Just like car insurance. If mm. they force well, eventually they're not going to be able to. I mean, there's nothing because wrong that, with... that's like putting a gun to you and say, give me your money and we're going to make money off you too. Well, yeah, right? this is the uh, the healthcare companies teaming up with the government to guarantee themselves business. But it's still right. not right either way, whether they make profit or they don't make profit. Well, if they're going to do it, they better not make profit well, because that's going to make it doubly wrong. They wouldn't do it if there was no profit to be had from this decision. Like someone's making money off of this whole thing. That's why they're doing it. Well, even nonprofits make money. I mean, if you look at the way uh, people get paid, some of these executives that are running nonprofits, they get paid very, very well. So even if it's a nonprofit, uh, mm-hmm. the people that are running it can still make buku bucks. So even that doesn't solve the problem. But the there's nothing wrong inherently with making a profit. If you're providing something in an open marketplace. Well, I'm not saying there's nothing right. wrong with a profit. I think there's something wrong with making a profit when they're holding a gun on I got it. you. I understand where you're coming from. And I think that uh, I think that eventually they're just not going to be able to make a profit because the government's going to mandate that they accept anyone that wants to to apply for health insurance, that they take anybody with any pre-existing condition, and that they take them at a loss. So uh, they, you know, eventually they're going to hemorrhage so much cash that there's no way they'll be able to make a profit. I think and they're, they're going it after it the whole a whole the whole wrong way. Insurance is the problem. Why? try to solve a problem with more of the same problem. Well, that's typical Wait, of government. Do you right. think in, you think insurance in and of itself, the concept of insurance is a problem? Right. Oh, I love insurance, it, actually, personally. Well, I mean, the idea well, of insurance I is to... I think if they're going to take our money from us, they should buy the hospitals and the doctors the tools they need, the machines they need. Medicine today depends upon the machines and the tools. But it doesn't work <laughs> any way you slice it because there. the problem goes, you know, Dave, you're saying if they do this to us, the problem is that they're doing it in the first place, that they're taking money from well, you in the first place. a better way. They, the way why you can't do, why you can't do central so control a better way. An MRI machine is probably...
privately owned by a private corporation and they lease it to the hospital. Dave, you're all and over the place, though. that's why you pay five grand every time you go in. No, the thing. reason why you pay five grand is because there's no open competition in right. the marketplace for health care because the if government has the run them out of business. And just pay the guy to operate it and the doctor to read you the don't, chart it doesn't that comes work out that of way. the machine. It will be way cheaper. David, no, it doesn't because if you all you have to do is look at, uh, look at Canada where they have very few MRI machines in the entire country compared to what, uh, you know, per person or per sick per person or per person in the healthcare system, there are far fewer than there are here in the U.S. And that's just simply because central control fails at allocating resources. So you can't do the things you're saying because you, when you put bureaucrats in charge, when you give them power, they don't make the right decisions. They don't make the same decisions you and I would make. Thanks, David, for the call. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there. Once again, freetalklive.com. You can also help support this program by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as $3 per month. We'll take that 3 bucks in and invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations across the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up there. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And you get perks, too, by the way, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast forum, and more. Once again, amp.freetalklive.com. Your AMP dollars make a big difference for Free Talk Live. Uh, so let's continue on this discussion that Dave got started because I think it's it's worth getting into a little bit deeper as to – let's look at his example of the MRI machine. It's frustrating to look at the cost of health care and think – well, there must be some way to use coercive force to uh, to solve this problem because it seems like the costs are so crazy. I mean, as he was pointing out, $5,000, he said, for an MRI, it's that's insane. Uh, it shouldn't be that. It should, you know, it should be 50 or you know, 10 or something like that. Why is it so expensive? Well, as we touched on before, there are a lot of hoops that companies have to go through in order to be able to provide healthcare machines and services and products to the marketplace. And those hoops make it prohibitively uh, expensive for anybody to just jump into the game and compete. You've got to jump through whatever FDA regulatory structure there is and however much money that costs to get something to the marketplace. And then there's who knows what other approvals that need to be given by state governments and other various different health bureaucracies uh, around the country. So these increase the costs dramatically because if it cuts people out of business, if businesses can't afford to play in that, you know, the kind of the big kids pool with all the other businesses that have the the billions of dollars at their disposal to go through all of these bureaucratic processes, that means that there aren't as many competitors in the marketplace. So therefore, there aren't as many innovations. There aren't as many uh, different companies competing for the same dollars. And so prices stay high. Yep. 
there's just no reason for them to go down. Uh, and he also made a point about saying that the if they're going to do this uh, Obamacare thing, then no one should be profiting from it. But uh, then, where's the incentive? I mean, profit what, is incentive, right? Profit should be incentive, and or you know, people are guided by profit and profit motive. And you know, if you change their incentives, then the kind of things they might profit from may change. But uh, the idea that government exists for some other purpose than to profit is uh, a fallacy that I used to uh, have where I I didn't think of government as some uh, some entity that exists to profit from others. But they were somehow different from a business right. because mm-hmm. they the, didn't the, care about profits. Right. Like I assumed that since they have this all this power that they were somehow exempt from those incentives, but they're mm-hmm. not. They have just as much incentive to profit from people, but they can just coerce people into it. So, um, well, right, they they don't really essentially have any overhead, unlike a business which actually has to meet their costs in order to stay in business. The government, if they exceed their costs, can just take more money. They can just increase the um, arbitrarily increase the amount of money coming in, or in the case of the federal government, just print out some more. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's different. It's a completely different situation than what uh, business has to deal with, um, because if I don't know. You but can't it's still really people. Use, it's still right. it's still like the same species behind True. all of it. So we but, all are guided by similar things. And to think that this business owner, uh, you know, wants to make money, but this politician doesn't, doesn't. That's silly. Yeah. Yeah. And that um, there was a there's a picture on Facebook of a of a van, a white van with a black and red lettering on it, and um, the question is being posed. If Obamacare is so great, then why is Michelle Obama, President Obama, and Congress all exempt? Well, they have a really sweet health care program. Yeah. I heard that Obama smokes cigarettes, which just adds a whole ironic level to it. Because, I mean, if you're going to be for universalized health care, you better have your health in check. You better not be smoking cigarettes and stuff. Cause if that's, you're going to tell me how I should live exactly. my life. Exactly. If they're going right. to tell Ian how he should live his life, you better not be smoking cigarettes. The other point that I think deserved a little bit more, because we talked about why MRIs are so expensive, is because of regulations and controls by the government restricting the healthcare marketplace. Because if you look at computer parts, for instance, uh, they're not expensive. Look at the kind of computer. You can walk into Walmart today. It's amazing. And you can buy a laptop, which would be completely sufficient for surfing the internet, maybe even playing some basic games, word processing, doing pretty much everything you need to do with a computer except high-end gaming. You can get a you know low-level kind of laptop for 250 300 bucks. Which, you know, people talk about how expensive cell phones are and everything. It's a frigging computer that you can hold in your hand. Back when I was a little girl, a computer that did not run this fast and have these kind of operating systems was tens of thousands of dollars and took up this entire room. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. So why couldn't it be that way with an MRI? Why does an MRI machine have to be this humongous appliance? I mean, these things are tremendously large, just like computers used to be, right? So why do these hospital products have to be so bulky, so large? They don't have competition. Mm -hmm. There's not an active marketplace. There's not a free marketplace in in healthcare. So of course Mm -hmm. it's expensive. Of course it's bulky. Of course they Mm -hmm. break down. I mean, there's just nothing out there to compete. And so if you were to change that situation, you would see prices go down. But the problem is that people see what exists because it's easy to see that, mm-hmm. but they can't envision what could be. 
And it's but there hard. are visionaries that can, and yes. if they're left alone to do what they do, Richard Branson, he's going to put someone up in space before you know the the United States government does, and is going to do it for much cheaper. You know, well, he might they, even make a profit on it at some point. Yeah, I am certainly. certainly will. I mean, NASA has already put people in space, Michelle. No, so. no, no, but I'm saying for a uh, um, uh, for a uh, like recreation kind of thing. You know the. Like a for trip. commercial purposes, yeah, yeah. the mm-hmm. beyond just payloading uh, satellites yep. to, to space, yeah. yeah. So, like space hotel, for exactly, instance. yeah, absolutely, and that's because the government finally loosened up on restrictions uh, regarding space travel. And uh, you know, by the way, uh, the government used to do its own satellite launching, but they sucked so bad at it uh, that they decided to bring private industry in to subcontract that out. So, I mean, everybody knows government's terrible at what they do. Why would you think they would be able to handle healthcare better? What makes you think, Dave, that you can just we can just buy an MRI machine and let everybody use it for free? How does that work? <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you ever tried communal property before? Have you ever tried to own something communally with multiple people? How does it end up working out? It's terrible. Yeah, one person ends up with all the responsibility of unless of cleaning, cleaning and fixing, and yeah. Could be like a family or something. A lot of families are kind of communistic in a way. Yeah, I gr- sure. I mean, Omar made that that point um, back away, you know, some time ago. On a small there's, scale, there's a collectivism okay. there, you know. Like, is the, that, that true though, or is that just the you know kind of an illusion? In that, for instance, your kids to some extent are being taken care of by you, so you're responsible for them, and mm-hmm. so you assign them tasks, so you can kind of you know they can contribute to the household. Sure, uh, but ultimately you're responsible for those tasks, right? You're just Yes. You hopefully have a good family life and good interactions yeah. with uh, with your kids so you can get them to do those things for yeah, you. Yeah, it was funny. Allie asked me the other night, because Allie's staying with me mm-hmm. right now, and um, she asked me... Slumber party. Yay. Um, and Derek J, too. So, yeah, we've been Total having a blast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Uh-huh. Um, you said, you asked me something about how do I get my sons to help without coercing that what how well yeah my question was because michelle's sons are very polite and very helpful and i just know a lot of punk kids who would never be as good to their parents and i just wonder or their moms and i was just wondering you know how did you get them to show respect without coercing them? Because that's what a lot of parents use is mm-hmm. coercion to get their parents to, to, to demand respect. You'll do it because I said so and I'm your father. Right. That was one thing that I committed. Oh, scary. Committed Sorry. to while I was pregnant with my first one that I would never say because I said so. That would, very good. I just made a commitment to myself. And I actually have said it one time and I said it a year ago. I looked at face. I said, I've never said this to you before, but just shut up. It's just because I said so. I just, ah! you know, I can't, I'm not going to deal with you right now. <laughs> wow. And it be, and it was so you know shocking to my family, yeah. and kind of it, it brought home the fact that he had worn me out to the point where yeah. I just wanted to you lost you know bury him in yeah. the backyard. <laughs> he beat you, but yeah, he did totally. And um, so yeah, so it's um, the option of coercion, you know, was there for me more when they were little. Smaller and weaker. uh, Yeah, I was physically, you know, bigger than them and what have you. And um, I just uh, I just chose to, you know, raise them, respecting myself and respecting them. And and uh, it's a lot of work. It would you know, it certainly would have been easier in so many ways to plop them down in front of a TV and hand them a, you know, a a snack pack or whatever. Do you think that showing them respect is what makes them respect you so much? 
I also demanded respect for myself. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be pulled on and talked to rudely and things like that. But I ignored that, the bad behavior. And then I, you know, acknowledged the good behavior. That's good. Plenty more to come here. Uh, hour number three is on the way. Time for your thoughts. If you make the call, you can dial in about anything you want, whether it's health care or whatever's on your mind. There's also a story about a lady who gave up information about a speed trap to fellow travelers and was arrested for her efforts. We can give you those details in moments. 855-450-FREE. Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes. With C Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, lrn.fm, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E dot com. is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Here with you this evening, it's Ian. Allie. Michelle. Hey, by the way, uh, you can get more of Allie over on her website, ladiesinkeen.com. That's ladies in K-E-E-N-E, Keen, ladiesinkeen.com. You guys are going to be back on the air this weekend uh, after taking a week off, sort of, when, sort you were of. At, uh, when you were at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So it is a uh, show that has all female voices on it most of the time. Every now and then you'll bring a, a male in. But uh, it's yeah. It's, sometimes we have the the males on, but typically it's just an all female show, and we talk about what's going on in Keene, and then every once in a while we get in these really interesting conversations and debates. So uh, turns into a little bit of a cat fight every once in a while, but. <laughs> That's what makes it good. <laughs> I bet. Uh, ladiesandkeen.com. You can go and get more Allie over there. Our number here tonight is 855-450-FREE. Uh, so there's other news here that uh, is not necessarily as national. We've certainly been talking about the... Uh, We've been talking about the healthcare situation off and on throughout the night here tonight. Uh, but this story could happen on a street near you. So even though it happened somewhere in particular, there's no reason why this story couldn't have happened where you live. There's no reason why this couldn't have been your neighbor, your friend, your sister. Michelle, you've got a piece from rawstory.com about a lady who was arrested for doing the community a real service, and yes. that is giving drivers a heads up that a speed trap was imminent. Yeah, her name's Natalie Plummer, and this was out of Houston, Texas, and um, she was on her way home from Whole Foods on her bicycle, and there is a bit of video that she shot mm-hmm. um, as she was riding her bicycle by this cop, and you see him just standing out in the street waving people over. So she said that she was concerned about that, that it was just random. And and by listening in listening to her story, it almost seems like what she was trying to do was a public service, not just cop blocking kind of thing, but um, like, yo, hey, there's something going on up here. Heads up, you know, and be aware. And um, so she went home and made a sign, right? No, she just tore her her bag apart. Oh, great. Right there on the spot. Right there on the spot. Yeah. And um, she was arrested and put in jail for 12 hours. The cop um, tried to search her things and she wouldn't allow it. And so he arrested her for... Oh, no. He did search her things. She did not consent to it, but he went ahead and did it anyway. Okay. 
Um, thank you for clarifying yeah. that. So she, um, he arrests her for standing in the street, which to me, so so what? He's he's arresting her and protective custody. Is that uh, what that is? That sounds like a disorderly conduct charge. Typically, okay. disorderly conduct has uh, that provision in it. In that, if you are blocking traffic allegedly, yeah, uh, they will accuse you of disorderly conduct, and it's typically a misdemeanor. Uh, although there are different ways to be charged. Uh, they threatened that. a felony charge of obstructing justice. Mm-hmm. What the heck? Are you kidding me? So, yeah, 12 hours in, in jail. And sadly, as you mentioned in the break, she says that she's probably not going to do this again. Yeah, she's pretty uh, pretty intimidated uh, because she tried to do the right thing and no good deed goes unpunished in uh, in this world, apparently. So that, uh, I mean, she's she's facing a misdemeanor. I mean, yeah, they didn't hit her with a felony charge, but she's looking at a year in jail for this. Yeah, and police told reporters that if Plummer feels her treatment was unjust, she should file an official complaint. Oh, geez. That's going to work. What did her sign say? Speed trap. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's never... Has that ever done anything for anyone? Anybody listening? Complaining? Right. Have you ever Mm -hmm. filed an official complaint with the police department or the city and actually had anything happen as a result of it? Only thing I can think of is Kelly Thomas. And what happened there? Kelly Thomas, the, the homeless the, man that was beaten yeah. out. And, um, oh, well, I mean, you know, the cops are going to jail now. Not all six, but the two and what have you. But, you know, just as the case with this woman, she but was by that, herself. And these and Kelly Thomas's dad got the community to rally. We've got to have numbers. Well, And was there not video with the Kelly Thomas beating? It, there yes, was, wasn't yes. there? In this case, she doesn't have any video. She took yeah. video of the original instance, and of course, they didn't beat her to death, so it's not as uh, as motivating of a story for a right. lot of people. And so what I mean is the average person who's just upset with police corruption oh, sure. or the way they've been treated by the police, uh, you know, how many times has complaining to the police done any good? In the case of Kelly Thomas, if there's enough press, if there's enough media, if there's enough attention on something, then the police are going to act whether or not they get an official complaint filed. But in this case, she's likely going to be the only person filing a complaint. They're going to go ahead and put it in the garbage can or file it away in some filing cabinet. And that's going to be the end of that story because the police aren't going to decide to stop doing speeding checkpoints they're not going to decide to stop harassing peaceful people like this they're going to keep doing whatever it is that they've been doing yep well they're trying to trap people and i just i like to see people in the community uh warning others about this kind of thing when the police is trying to trap people in in um into whatever she's a hero for Mm -hmm them to give tickets to it's just it's 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 a good thing to see people doing uh wasn't there some activism like this in Keene where people were warning uh, yes. drivers about... Uh... I believe it was a DUI checkpoint. Okay. Uh, it was one night in Keene. It very rarely happens around here. I know they do this out in Manchester on a more regular basis. As I understand, it's just a bigger city, so it happens more often there. They'll do speed trap checkpoints there and uh, and DUI checkpoints, and activists will go out and hold signs and uh, you know inform drivers of what's to come. Mm-hmm. And I... I know that the police have stopped and talked to these people before these activists, you know, just to chat them up and ask them what they're doing and who knows, get them to admit to something. But uh, no one's ever been arrested, at least up here, that I know of. But usually in these situations, people aren't going alone. They're not going by themselves to do this. And this lady, you know, she did something very brave here to go up and stand up against a speed trap against what is likely – Several police officers working together to ensnare people and extract money from them. I mean, she's a hero. She really is. And it's sad. She should be very proud of herself. She should be. But she's unfortunately been intimidated by this system. 
because she's looking at a year in jail and who knows maybe they're you know they're going to offer they're likely going to offer her a plea deal she'll probably get you know 6 months of probation or a fine or something like that and walk away without a jail sentence but what What's most important to the state is that they've successfully intimidated this young lady into not ever doing this again. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go to jail? Nobody does. Very few people are willing to to go to jail for their activism. She didn't probably think that she could. She probably thought, oh, yeah, free country. I'm going to go ahead and make a sign. And- go to jail for standing. But, but still, even if the charge is that she was standing in the street... Which is ridiculous because... Go to the, jail for standing in the street? Well, they're saying it's a misdemeanor here. Again, I think it was probably a disorderly conduct charge. It says here that the charge was... Oh, I miss, I, don't, I don't have it in front of me right here. But I, it sounds like a disorderly conduct charge. And the video footage from KTRK Television in Houston shows there's clearly a sidewalk here. So why would she be standing in the street when she could be standing on the sidewalk? And she's made the, she has made the claim she was standing on the sidewalk. Mm, she yes. should have had her camera rolling. That's just it. If she had, she had the camera out before when she was recording the police in advance of finding out this was a speed trap, that was, that was when she was just curious about the situation. She should have absolutely had her camera out, if not to record the whole thing, because that's going to kill your battery, especially if you're using a smartphone or something like that. Odds are good that's what she was using, because most people don't just have a video camera with them. It's usually just part of your phone. So as soon as the police approached, she absolutely should have, you know, put the sign between her legs or whatever and, you know, mm-hmm. grabbed her phone and pulled that out and taken a shot of where she was because then that could have proven that she was on the sidewalk and recorded the entire interaction with the police uh, department. Yeah, officers. that's the thing is you never know how a, how a camera or video is going to help you later on. You don't know what they're going to charge you with or what's going to be their excuse for arresting you. And if you have a camera, then, you know, you at least captured that. According to KTRK, uh, after writing her speed trap sign, it didn't take long. Uh, shortly after she took up her post, a squad car pulled up to Ms. Plummer and an officer grabbed her backpack off her shoulder and began rifling through it. So he didn't even bother to put her under arrest or anything like that, just immediately started to search her. He then handcuffed her and told her she was under arrest for felony obstruction of justice and that she would spend three to five years in prison at minimum. Oh, my gosh. And how scary is that? How scary is that for somebody that's probably never had to deal with something like that before? 855-450-FREE. I mean, you and I, we might know that we're being bluffed, like that that the cop is a liar and he's trying to intimidate us. But find that cop's person, kid, find him in the street, do a citizen's arrest. 855-450-FREE. I'm not sure why that would be something you'd recommend, Michelle, because the cop's kid had nothing to do with this. More on the way. You can take control. 1-855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live. It's not easy for an unknown person to get noticed in this busy world. Hello, I'm Brad Ryder. I'm a songwriter, and I have a couple of albums, one with a country sound and one that's Christian-inspired. I'd like to invite you to visit my Facebook page, facebook.com slash downbearmusic. If you like what you hear, tell your friends. My name's Brad Ryder, and my music is at facebook.com slash downbearmusic. And thanks for noticing. Talk Live. 
Nation. You can bring up anything you want. It's toll-free at 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Grab archives, as many of them as you would like. All you have to do is go to freetalklive.com and click and download. It's that simple. You can go all the way back to as late as 2006 for years worth of free programs from Free Talk Live. You can just go and uh, get, grab, grab them up, get as many as you want. In fact, you can click over to our SoundCloud page, and that makes it easier than ever to share episodes of Free Talk Live with your friends. And one of the things that uh, we've been asking, that if you like the show and you want to help uh, support Free Talk Live, you can share one episode per week with your friends on your Facebook page, for instance. Or maybe you're a blogger and you want to share whatever your favorite episode was uh, from this last week. It'd be a great way to get extra ears tuned into Free Talk Live, which means more people coming across the ideas of freedom. So please go and utilize our archives for whatever sharing purposes you would like. You don't have to ask our permission. They're there free for you at freetalklive.com. And if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to know about SACL CAI. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients down the line as well. So visit SACL CAI through their banner right at the top of the banner column over at freetalklive.com. Once again, freetalklive.com. As we continue here with the news about a young lady named Natalie Plummer, who was arrested for providing the community where she lives a real service. This was Houston, Texas, where she noticed on her way home from the grocery store that there was a speed trap going on. She tore apart part of her grocery bag and wrote speed trap on there and held up a sign uh, to alert the passing motorists to what was to come down the road. And the police officers, of course, didn't like that very much. So they went and picked on this young lady because they're bullies. Mm -hmm. And bullies pick on people that they know they can get away with picking on, especially when they carry badges and guns. Easy pickings. Yep. She didn't have anybody there to support her. She didn't have anybody there to back her up. There wasn't anybody there standing there with a video camera. There weren't anyone else with signs. It was her versus the police. And what do you know? The police won because they have overwhelming force. They have cars and they have clubs and they have mace and they have uh, various different ways of hurting you and intimidating you. And that's exactly what they did to this lady. They searched her bag without permission. They arrested her on some nonsense obstructing justice or disorderly conduct charge. They took her to jail. She spent 12 hours in a jail cell. And now she's facing a misdemeanor charge and possibly a year in jail. I would like to see a a win for her and for, um, you know, Liberty and have... Like maybe I'm going to send a note to John Bush and anyone else down in Texas I can think of that could maybe rally for this woman and turn it into, you know, I, I'm a big supporter of shame. Mm. (laughs) People don't like that so much, but I think that shaming and humiliating, um, you know, those that, that, uh, do bad behavior is an effective means of, um, helping them change their behavior and in this case i think case, that's important it's a, it's yeah. a bit of social ostracism yeah right? exactly and i think that and i was joking you know before we went into the break about about the police's you know child or whatever but you know certainly um until it's happened to you or until the injustice has been directed to you or a loved one you know a lot of people just aren't really invested in in the outcome of what's happening to other people i'm sure the police officers i mean just as far as I, i've read Police officer families have a lot more abuse in them than just the average family. Like, Wouldn't surprise a, me. There's a reason why people want to be cops. I'm not saying that all cops are psychopaths or all cops like to, you know, pick on weaker, uh, weaker people or certainly women. Not, but, but that attracts those people. Those people certainly are attracted. And if there's any cops out there listening that say, well, I'm a cop and I'm okay, you 
you have to be honest with yourself. Do you think that that your job might attract someone who might be a bully or like to bully others? I mean, I I can't see what what would be a better job for a bully. The bullying, yeah. You'd have to be completely ignorant to not be aware that this sort of stuff is going on in your department. I mean, if you're in the locker room with these guys, you're at the briefings with these guys, you're going to the bar with these guys, they're talking about the things they're doing to people. You'd have to be in some sort of fantasy land constantly believing that everybody out there in your department is just going by the book and they're just doing the right thing and that nobody's doing anything questionable. It's it's ludicrous to believe that people within the police department would, would be able to live in this kind of Pollyanna-ish uh, vision of their department. So, like, you know, the so-called good cop. What does a good cop do in a situation where one of his buddies or his co-workers is arresting Ms. Plummer here on the side of the road for holding up a speed trap sign? What would a good cop do in that situation? Would you stop, pull over? Would you, uh, you know, hear the call going out on the radio that this lady's being arrested? Would you arrive on the scene and somehow stop the arrest? Because that would be a good thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. The only example I have of that is when the two cops came to my house a year and a half ago um, in Dublin. And um, the one, Link, uh, was saying to the other one, um, Joel, let's get out of here. This lady's dealing with her kids. She hasn't anything wrong. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's go. And he's like, no, we're going to wait for blah, 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 blah. And um, through, you know, through discussions over the next uh, six months or so, um, Link came to, he refused to ticket me. He refused to pull me over. He saw me, he'd wave and what have mm. you, knowing I was driving a, an unregistered vehicle. He has since quit the police force. Wow. Yeah. Have you seen him since then? He's moved to, I believe, Nebraska, but he is. he's he a cop in, nope, in Nebraska? No, 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 no. He is not a police officer anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we now had, you've got the bad cop who's on duty. Right, exactly. But we had discussions about the fact that, you know, um, he can't, he came to the realization that what he was doing was participating in coercion mm-hmm. of force and couldn't do that anymore. Congratulations. I mean, it's kind of a, I kind of have mixed feelings about it though, right? Because on one hand, yeah, okay, the guy's not a cop anymore, so he's not hurting peaceful people. But on the other hand, if all the police were doing was really going after bad guys, like people that are hurting people, uh, then I wouldn't have as much of a problem with them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really care that much. I would still care they were co- uh, coercively funded. I would still care that they were a monopoly on mm-hmm. protection. But they wouldn't be first and foremost on like the chopping block as far as right. you know government bureaucracies that need need to be reformed or changed, modified in some way. So what about like a different situation? Like uh, there was there's a homeless shelter in Keene, and they I I considered uh, volunteering there, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the if basically the kind of volunteer jobs is like checking people in at night and everything right but if a young person if a minor comes in then you're expected to call the police on them oh boy so that creates kind of a weird moral dilemma where yeah. you don't want to be put in that situation but if that's the rules of the private it's a private uh a charity i guess or mm-hmm. and yes, and so you know, what do you do in that situation? Or should you not work for that homeless shelter because they're because they have that policy? So it gets like stickier when when you're in those kind of. Yeah, that, that is tricky. I didn't know about that particular policy. That's a homeless shelter that I've supported with uh, with funds in the in the past. Well, I mean, if it were me, I'd just take them home. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, but I don't think but they even have that option. Right. But if you're there volunteering, yeah. you might be the only person there. Right. So what do you do then? And what do Tom the police do? <laughs> yeah, what do, I don't know what the police do when they, I mean, they I guess take maybe. Take them to juvenile hall. Wow. Yeah. It's just wrong. Yeah. They get to go hang out with kids that. 
are are in the same situation, and some are are bad eggs. Absolutely the case. Mm-hmm. So I don't know which one's worse, juvenile hall or the homeless shelter for the night. I mean, you've got somebody who's in a situation where there aren't any really good options. Right. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. So this young lady arrested, charged with a misdemeanor for doing something that I appreciate, giving people a heads up for a speed trap. And now she's saying she'll never do it again. It's so sad. one 450 free This is what happens to people that try to be activists all alone. They get crushed by the Iron Fist of the State. More coming up. You can take control at 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on meme.com. Take control of the airwaves toll-free here at Free Talk Live. Our number is 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. And here with you is Ian. Allie. And Michelle. Join us, of course, online at freetalklive.com, where we've got the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners at bbs.freetalklive.com. And you can also get uh, nightly show notes of some of the stuff we talk about on the air. So go to bbs.freetalklive.com to do all that for free, of course. Right back in into your calls and your thoughts. Let's go to Todd listening in Southwest Michigan. The Benton Harbors, WSJM FM. Hey, Todd. Hey, how you doing? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I was uh, wanting to agree with you about the police um, having a little bit too much power and definitely uh, sometimes overstepping their power. Mm. But I have to say I disagree with some, um, some signs like it, the sobriety test you had talked about. Um, there are too many people out there that if they're driving drunk, driving under this alcohol, they are going to cause an accident. I'm pretty much certain that you drive much worse than me and that I would find you completely obnoxious as a driver simply because I know the kind of training I've had for driving. And I think that you're probably a danger on the road in my estimation too. Well, that is your opinion. Um, Unfortunately, (laughs) I would have to disagree since I have been in the uh, fire department and been trained to drive as well. Yeah, well, my ex has well, a race car Well, I don't know what the point driver, of, um, so. Michelle, I'm not sure what your point in bringing that up was. Because if these, if someone hasn't caused anybody harm, he's saying that they're definitely going to cause an accident to someone yep. if they've I had... driving under the influence of alcohol where it's, I'm sorry, I didn't say where it's impairing their driving. If uh, they're having a couple Sure, I understand. You know, there shouldn't be a problem with that. But but you, are you said justifying- that they were necessarily going to cause an accident if they were drinking. So. I just want to make sure I'm clear on something, though, Todd. Are you justifying pulling over absolutely everybody at a checkpoint? Um, I don't like that policy, but um, but I could see where it could be helpful. Well, so basically, because you can see in a, a a reason to pull people over wholesale. 
then all of a sudden you're going to see all kinds of excuses and reasons to pull people over wholesale. You're saying it's fine for DUI, and the cops are going to say, well, it's fine for speeding, and it's fine for immigrants, and it's fine for checking your papers, it's fine for checking car registration, insurance. They're going to have all kinds of reasons to pull you over. So as soon as you let it happen once, you might as well just let it happen whenever they darn well please. What would be your suggestion to uh, make a good middle ground? Here you go. How about legalizing drunk driving? Wait. I would agree with that. <laughs> Here's the reason why. I just want to privatize I, the roads. It, it That's sounds all I crazy. Want. It sounds crazy, right? Like legalizing drunk driving, crazy. But really, I, and I, it took me a while to really kind of figure this one out too. Uh, but you know, there was actually a really good piece about this over at LouRockwell.com mm-hmm. a little while back. The idea being that, you know, I don't drink and drive. I'm not interested in that. In fact, I haven't even had a drink since uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival. I only had one when I was there. But uh, Todd might actually put you on hold. There's a little bit of noise on your line, but we can bring you back here in a moment. Uh, But the idea about uh, legalizing drunk driving. If you're leaving a bar and for whatever reason you've planned poorly and the only option is to drive home, then if you were to drive 10 miles an hour... You'd probably be able to get home safely. Yep. Like, you know, alcohol is going to... Uh, Put on your lights and your flashers or whatever. <laughs> it's going to screw up your reaction time. Mm-hmm. So you need more time to react in some sort of a dangerous situation. I'm not recommending that anybody do this. I'm just saying, if you're driving drunk at 10 miles an hour, you're a lot safer than if you're driving drunk at 50. Sure. I mean, who would disagree with that statement? The problem is, the reason why a drunk guy can't do that today is because he doesn't want to get caught for driving drunk. Mm-hmm. So the drunk driver drives the speed limit or faster in order to get home as quickly as possible uh, to you know avoid whatever sort of police encounters he might possibly get into on the roads. Whereas if drunk driving was not a crime right out the gate, maybe only driving dangerously could be a crime. Maybe that would be the only real crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you're just driving slowly in the right-hand lane, it's not really going to be too dangerous to other drivers in that condition right and my point you know what I, the point i was making to the man on the phone the fireman um is that you know i there are all kinds of reasons that make people um poor drivers and i'm not sure yeah, how about that, driving while tired yeah exactly or having had too much coffee or if you're fighting with your kid in the car you're or you know whatever it is but um the fact that you're it's almost like pre-crime the way yeah. he's describing it and i kind of see i thought you were going to go a little a different direction with what you're going to say it's to me it's like ip you know there are already laws in place for fraud if you hurt someone it doesn't matter whether you are drunk I or agree. not there's you're culpable for the you know for compensating them and and what have you. So. I'm gonna bring Todd back on for his thoughts. Go ahead, Todd. Okay, and uh, so what would I understand? She was saying that uh, there are things in place for if you're driving ten miles an hour and you run into somebody's house, but you're saying that you just totally wipe out the drunk driving. Because because does it matter if I'm drunk, um, if if I hit and total your car or I cause you injury? Does it matter whether I'm drunk or sober? I, I still I've or still, half asleep exactly. I've still caused you damage and ought to have to provide remedy for that. I can say I mean actually the way the laws are, I could say that if I was intoxicated, I could use that as a as a as a um, you know plea for a lesser sentence because I was. You know, I wasn't of my right mind. Yeah, you should be completely responsible for your actions, yeah. whatever uh, your mindset is. Todd, thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at uh, 855-450-FREE. Mike is listening in, I believe, Alaska. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, yeah, that last caller made me all frazzled here. Um, 
maybe uh, maybe we ought to have checkpoints everywhere just to keep us safe from everything, right? That's what the way things are going. I mean, as soon as you let them have one checkpoint, you might as well go ahead and consent to every single one. Yeah, he says, I, I, I think that checkpoints are a good idea just because somebody might be drunk. Somebody might be a terrorist, too. I don't understand that whole way of thinking. Mm. But anyway, the, re- the reason I called, uh, I know there's a delay in the show. When I, when I turned it on a little while ago, you were talking about the, uh, the flashing, the headlights. Ah, yes, you are listening to XM's America's Talk, so you're hearing us uh, two hours later. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, I just heard recently in the last month there was a, uh, an actual case that went to the Supreme Court where a guy was um, got a ticket or was arrested for flashing his headlights, alerting oncoming traffic to the speed trap, and the Supreme Court said that flashing your lights is protected by the First Amendment. I was doing it today. <laughs> Well, I imagine if this lady uh, ended up taking her case, the one that was arrested for having a speed trap sign on the side of the road, if she ended up taking her case to the courts, you know, the high-level courts, she might have a good chance of uh, winning or having the case dropped. Uh, but usually most people are too intimidated by the system to even take it through district court. They'll take the plea deal right out the gate, so they'll never get the chance to uh, to challenge it. Yeah, and uh, the other thing that last caller said that really got me mad was he said, well, I... I've had training by the fire department, so I know I'm a safe driver or something to that effect. Well, you know what? I used to, Before I got my commercial license, I, I drive a big truck now for the last five years. Before I did that, I was a, a tow truck driver that uh, did contract for the city of Phoenix and uh, the different municipalities in the, the valley there. I picked up wrecked police cars daily. What? <laughs> wow. Are you exaggerating? No, I'm not exaggerating. And Jeez. this is the funny thing. This is something that really makes me mad is uh, the Department of Transportation puts truck drivers through the ringer with vehicle inspections and mm-hmm. pulling us over and basically hassling truck drivers all the time for oh, yeah. an easy mark. And, uh, you know, I see cars all day with bald tires, broken windshields, yep. lights not working, headlights out. That's right. All kinds of things like this. But they'll hassle us. The fact of the matter is, the big trucks are involved in less than one percent of all single and multiple car, car Absolutely, I mean, you guys are professional drivers. That's what you do. Uh, I mean, you're professionals for a reason because you're good at it. And uh, it, you're absolutely right that they uh, they do pick on you. The rules are stacked against uh, professional drivers, and they know they've basically got you. I mean, they've got you in their uh, it's their road system. So, like, you essentially are doing business on their roads, and they know they own those roads, and they totally control them. And you'll do whatever they tell them to, or else they're going to pull your license, and then you you know you're back to whatever other local job that doesn't pay as well. So, and they know that you're always driving with money, and that you're going to pay the fines and you're absolutely right. It, it, truckers, professional drivers are one of the most abused uh, groups of people in this country. And I, I appreciate your service and being out there and making this country run. Thanks for the call tonight, Mike. More coming up at 855-450-FREE. You take control. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This 
This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Like the show? Want to help support Free Talk Live? You can go to promote.freetalklive.com and you'll get... Free stuff there. You can actually get a free bumper sticker. There's instructions on how to do that. You can also download web graphics and high res graphics, flyers, business cards, other things you can use to print out and promote Free Talk Live in your local area. So, once again, go to promote.freetalklive.com to accomplish that. All the resources there are free for you. That's promote.freetalklive.com. We go back to the phones and your thoughts. Vince is listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Hey, Vince. Hello, Ian. Hey. Hello, Michelle and Ali. Hey, Vince. Hey. Hi. I, just, I, I just wanted to present something to you. I've heard several times on a couple other radio stations. Um, it seems like a lot of cities from San Francisco and Los Angeles to Philadelphia to Orlando and Miami and Dallas and, and uh, I think Nashville, Tennessee, have all put up uh, regulations for food uh, kitchens and uh, homeless shelters and others that they either have to get a restaurant license or a food distributor's license. I know in Tennessee, um, I was I used to shop at Whole Foods in Nashville there, and it was really sad because they used to take all their food at the end of the day, the, the bread that they had um, baked or you know other foods that they were selling as meals that hadn't been bought, and they would give them to the homeless shelters as well as old fruit and things like that. And they were, as of two years ago, they were forbidden from doing that. That's so, terrible. It's awful. I mean, because uh, uh, I don't know what they're doing, but here in Indianapolis, I, was, I, I went to law school, but I got arrested for feeding this uh, hungry family. I really <laughs> just asked for some help. Mm. You were arrested for feeding a, fa- a hungry family? Yeah, and uh, well, I told the I told the police officer they they took me downtown. Where was this? They said I was. It was in Indianapolis. But in, where? In where? Where were you? Downtown. I was going to. And when but I was where? Doing, I mean, I'm I sorry. Doing, I just trying to get paint me a picture. I mean, were you just on the street? Somebody said, "Can you help me out?" Or were you working in a shelter? Yeah, I was always was, and I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll help you out." And here comes this police officer because we went to a restaurant and. They, you know, the private restaurant people didn't like the way these people smelled, but, you know, I was just going to give them food. They said I was aiding and abetting because Indianapolis had passed laws because they'd rather you donate to these boxes that they have on the street. What was the charge? Aiding and abetting the homeless? Yeah, aiding and abetting and uh, conspiracy to uh, uh, not to follow, you know. The, the conspiracy, conspiracy to feed to do someone? the will of God. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> what was what ended up happening with your charge? Oh, I, they they dropped it because I, I I go to I was just finished up with law school, but they, what they did was they turned me into the Indiana University Chancellor, and the Chancellor called me and I'm I'm too old for this. I'm 56 years old, and I said, look, sir, I paid for my additional education here because I already have a college degree, and I didn't. <laughs> I'm just doing this to keep my mind active and wanted to expand my career a little bit. But I said, you know, I, what crime did I commit? And he goes, well, we expect our law students to follow the law. I said, I didn't know there was a law about this. 
Vince, thanks for this call and the story tonight. I appreciate it at 855-450-FREE. Try to help somebody out. It's just crazy. And they arrest you for it. Now, he knew enough about the law to where it didn't sound like he was going to take a plea deal, so they, they ended up dropping the charge. But most people don't know. I mean, most people don't mm-hmm. know anything about the law, and very few people can afford to hire an attorney. And so they get intimidated by all the, the you know the governmental processes that are going on. That's you know very official and very scary, and you know men with guns and threats, mm-hmm. and you know it's awful. And so I don't blame anybody for taking a plea deal just to try to make things go away. But all that ends up doing is making things worse. If people just keep taking plea deals, then they'll just keep getting away with all kinds of crazy stuff, like arresting somebody for feeding hungry people or arresting a young lady for holding a sign in front of a speed yeah. trap. That's what allows them, you know, your obedience allows them to get away with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And something needs to change. The only thing that can change, I think, is to get people who love liberty together into the same place so we can achieve more freedom by working together. Because had that young lady we were talking about earlier in the hour, had she been on the side of the road with 10 other people, even five other people, the police would not have had the same ability to Correct. harass her. They, if the police had approached a situation with a handful of activists, there could have been two people with video cameras recording from two different uh, positions. One of them could have been uploading to the Internet. Both of them could have been uploading to the Internet at that time. You could have had people asking the police questions rather than the usual intimidation tactics. And typically the police are trained to ask you questions because whoever's asking the questions is, win- is uh, winning. And so uh, the, it would completely change the structure of how that happened. In fact... Maybe the cops wouldn't have even stopped. Maybe they would have just left it alone because they wouldn't have wanted to mess with a group of people because they're bullies. Because they pick on people that they know they can get away with picking on. Mm-hmm. So that's how that could have changed. If that lady was there with other people who cared about freedom and who were willing to stand together with her and who were willing to take that risk because there is risk involved. Anytime you stand up against the state. Whether it's something as simple as holding a sign up for, uh, you know, letting people know about a traffic stop up for, uh, up ahead on the road or something more complicated like, you know, running for political office that involves more effort, there's always a risk. Anytime you threaten their monopoly, there's a good chance they're going to come after you for it. And I don't blame anybody for being afraid and say, telling themselves, well, you know, I don't want to do this alone. You shouldn't do it alone. I can understand why people are tempted to. They'll hear us talking about activism on this program and, for instance, might maybe get excited by it, like want to do something like maybe Derek J. might have done or one of our other co-hosts or one of the activists we've talked about up here in New Hampshire. You want to get out there and get your feet wet and you know feel what it's like to be an activist because it's exciting. It's fun. It's uh, empowering to stand up for freedom. It's empowering to stand up for the rights of other people. But if you do it alone, you're going to go down and you're going to go down hard. Sometimes I think people feel empowered as individuals to act on their own. And I think that sometimes that can move people like, um, I mean, I understand the bus boycotts uh, in Alabama were like a group effort. But Rosa Parks, as I understand, I mean, her whole activism was actually planned, which a lot of people don't know. By a group of people. By a group of people. And she had planned all that out, but she sort of acted alone. In the instance, that's true. But with all the planning that surrounded it and the fact that she knew that she had support on the outside of that 
one particular incident that changes how those things can play out. You know, she she had support. This lady di- didn't. I mean, she's probably got some support after the fact because thankfully the news media has picked up her story. She's getting international reporting about this. Maybe they'll end up dropping the charges against her because of the press attention that's coming out. So she's kind of lucked into getting some level of support. But she didn't have support previous to this. She didn't have a network of people that was backing her up. And if you don't have that, then you might as well just go ahead and you know prepare for jail time. And even if you do have a network of people backing you up, prepare for jail time. Because you know there have been some instances where we've still, even though we've had a number of activists, have still been outnumbered by the police and had multiple arrests. We've had mass arrests here in, in New Hampshire. There have been uh, the Chalking 8 in Manchester, the Disorderly 7 here in Keene, uh, the Trespass of 12. Uh, so there have been incidents where the police have arrested multiple people. And in most of those incidents, they have been uh, those folks have been convicted uh, of various different things. So it's still a numbers game, and it always will be a numbers game. And for the people out there that think that you can somehow achieve liberty by just going out and voting for some political candidate, that's not going to work uh, because most political candidates don't have a principle or wouldn't understand a principle if it slapped them in the face. And otherwise, it's all about getting numbers. If you if you can outnumber them, and we do, right now, wherever you are, the number of regular folks outnumbers the government people. That's a fact. But how many of those regular folks are willing to take a risk? When the numbers of people willing to risk something outnumber the numbers of people in government and the supporters of government, that's when everything will change. Do you think it's going to be like when people's minds are changed uh, about this whole government thing? Do you think that it's going to be from people standing up for themselves or do you think it's going to be just from the spreading of ideas, maybe through the Internet or innovations in technology and we kind of just leave dinosaur government behind? I wish I could predict that. I mean, I have no idea how it's all going to play out. I think that eventually we are going to leave the dinosaur idea of uh, coercive government behind. I think that's inevitable. How it will happen, I don't know. I think it's going to be a combination of factors where political change will inevitably follow what people actually want, and that is hopefully to be left alone and have peaceful people not be aggressed against. But with all the education, even if everybody was educated to what the ideas of liberty are, as long as they keep paying taxes, nothing's going to change. As long as they keep jumping through the regulatory hoops, nothing's going to change. But isn't government just an idea? It is. But the, the <laughs> people who, who run the government, the people who consider themselves government, are very firm believers in that idea because that idea pays their mm-hmm. paychecks. And changing their minds is going to be the most tricky part. We'll see you tomorrow at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post show here. It's uh, Mark Edge with you. I am the host of Free Talk Live. It's a nationally syndicated radio program at freetalklive.com. And today I have with me Michael Teig. Michael, are you there? I am. Now, Michael, you are the, what, president or CEO of a company called Tiger Light? President and CEO, yes. <laughs> Both of those. <laughs> <laughs> And a ti- now we've been talking about tiger lights here on Free Talk Live for a couple of years now, at least, and maybe maybe longer than that. I'm not exactly certain. But can you tell people real quick what a tiger light is? Well, a tiger light is well, it's the number one rated non-lethal personal protection device or non-lethal weapon in the world. It's uh, basically a high-intensity tactical flashlight 
uh, combined with accelerate, accelerated strength um, uh, military, I'm sorry, accelerated military strength pepper spray. It's a very, very high potency pepper spray, accelerated to more than double. Uh, comes out in a variety of p- patterns, but uh, uh, the most effective has been the the cone pattern. And what we found amazingly is, and this product has been on the market for you know over 10 years in various forms, and has always performed uh, amazingly. Uh, I've mentioned before the Los Angeles study with 500 officers over a six-month period. Uh, it was used on 147 violent subjects with a 96% stop rate, which far exceeds any non-lethal weapon out there and far exceeds normal pepper spray and that kind of thing. And it's because it's concealed. It's The, the attacker does not know he's going to be sprayed, doesn't have a chance to hold his breath, close his eyes, shield his face. So you can't really compare this to regular pepper spray. I mean, literally, we have departments all over the country who, with their belt-carried, professional-grade, law enforcement pepper spray have a 50% or below stop rate because of, of guys on meth and PCP and that sort of thing. And the Tiger Light, in every case, we've had 95% plus stop rate at those same departments that previously had a 50% stop rate. So, you know, to to really compare this with any other non-lethal weapon, you can't compare it because it, the, the results are there, it's proven. It's been tested by the military, went through three years of human effects studies at Aberdeen Proving Grounds, uh, conducted by the Defense Threat Reduction Agency that uh, was hired uh, through the Pentagon. And so, you know, it's, it's been recognized as, as the most effective weapon of its type, and it has multi-subject capability, uh, 30 to 40-minute incapacitation time, and a perfect safety record. Uh, it, it does not leave any bruises, broken bones puncture wounds, or anything else. Uh, you, know, you know, you're in really bad shape for a while, uh, and you might feel like you're going to die, but, but you don't. And that's the, the beauty of this, this product. It's something you can carry, and, and if for any reason, you know, there's an accident or misfire, which we've never in 10 years had such a thing happen, but um, right. if it were to happen, you know, sur- sure, you're going to be, you know, miserable for 30, 40 minutes, but you're going to be fine after that. You know, uh, I wonder... Just, you know, I wonder with a 95 to 97 percent stop rate. I wonder what it, how it compares to a nine millimeter. I mean, you know, they're they're known to not have great stopping power. Well, that, that's about, and, and we get that comment all the time. I mean, this thing has the stop rate of a gun. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it the result, the way it does it, it is different. And, and the I mean, if you look at somebody shot with a gun, as opposed to somebody you know uh, shot with a tiger light, so to speak. Uh, you know, they're going to be in, in, in a different situation. One's sure. going to be bleeding profusely and, and probably uh, laying on the ground. The other one might be laying on the ground, but he's not going to be breathing, but he's going to be gasping for air, and he's going to be in a great deal of pain, uh, probably more pain than the guy who got shot. But uh, uh, the important thing is he's deterred from, his, from uh, carrying out his intended act. Uh, his intended crime, whether it be rape, murder, whatever. I mean, you know, I, a great example, and I can give a hundred examples. If anybody wants to really be depressed, just get a feed for rapes and assaults uh, on, online, and every day you'll see things that will just just blow your mind. You just won't, you just couldn't believe they could actually happen the way they do. And just a recent incident, my my daughter, who's a professional photographer, her assistant's sister was uh, a 
accustomed to, you know, going out every day and jogging and pushing her one-year-old in the stroller as she jogged. But her typical route uh, had construction going on, and so she had to go somewhere else, and she didn't know the area real well. Uh, several people suggested she go to this particular uh, public park that was safe and a lot of trails around and people uh, all over the place, and uh, it would be a good place to go jog. So she went there and uh, got out of her car with her one-year-old in the stroller and, and started to uh, head into the park ahead of her trail and noticed an individual, a guy, sitting on a log uh, by himself with sunglasses. She got a real bad feeling instantly, but she blew it off. She just pushed it away, saying, now you're just being paranoid. She took off jogging down the trail, jogged about two miles, turned around. When she turned around, the guy was behind her, but he was walking the other way. He had noticed her start to turn around, apparently, and he turned around with his back to her walk as if he were walking back. Well, she got very nervous uh, as she approached him because he was walking, she was jogging, uh, and made a mental note of his clothing, his size, his shoes, everything else, and she had to give a, she had to give a description later. Uh, now, unfortunately, she did not have a Tiger Light or, or know about Tiger Light at this particular point in time, and as she jogged past him, she got a very short distance past him, and she said uh, it sounded like an elephant hurt coming after her. And he tackled her, tackled her to the ground uh, quite violently, uh, put a knife to her throat, and the baby the stroller uh, tipped over, and the baby was hanging by its neck from the straps in the stroller, and she was screaming, Good trying Lord. to get to her baby, and, and, and begging him to let her save you know, her baby. And he let her, with a knife pressed to her throat, let her get the baby out of the stroller, and then I started dragging her off into the woods, and she just she just thought, you know, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And uh, she just, you know, was praying that she could find some way out of this. And the further he got away from the trail, the more violent he became. And That's he got how it goes. Out there. Pardon me? That's how it goes. You never go with them, yeah. right, as, I've, as I've heard. Yeah, well, you know, and, and, and this, you just never know how you're going to act. I mean, when you've got a knife... To your throat, yep, you know, sure. it's tough. And your one-year-old's uh, there. Yeah, and your one-year-old there, and so, you know, she's got the one-year-old in her in her arms, and she's being drugged into the bushes, and, um, you know, she got in there and, and just, you know, trying to think, of what can I do, what can I do? Uh, he grabbed her pants and pulled her pants off and uh, uh, started to take his off, and she just, like, heard a voice run, you know, when he had his pants halfway down. Sure. And uh, she took off running with the baby, and he pursued her. I took off after her, and she ran, of course, you know, with everything she had. And she just burst onto the trail just ahead of him. And there was a crowd of about 30 people down the trail, and she started screaming, you know, he's trying to rape me, he's trying to rape me. And and, uh, he turned around and ran the other way, and, you know, she lived through it. But, uh, you know, it it could have gone, you know, what would have happened if those people had not been there? You know, it's just she was extremely extremely lucky and you know i've uh, heard you know i've heard stories michael where uh people have, you know get into these situations and they've got weapons they're you know they, they've got their purse and their you know their pepper spray or their <laughs> taser or the, even their handgun is sitting at the bottom of their purse and there's nothing they can do they can't get to it well i, I can tell you i you know this is this is really an incredibly important fact. Uh, 
people, even if they have weapons, I hear it all the time. You know, I hear people say, well, you know, I've got a gun, I've got this, I've got that. I said, yeah, but do you walk around with your gun in your hand? You know, there was a lady on, on 4 South and Main Street in downtown Salt Lake City. In the middle of the week, a work day, imagine 4.30. People are getting out of work, there people all over. This is in an open-air parking lot, and she is tackled in the parking lot from a guy hiding under a car. He puts a knife to her throat and rapes her right there in the parking lot with hundreds of people all around. You know, how nobody saw her. She was too, uh, you know, he threatened to slit her throat if she let out a, you know, a peep. And, no doubt. And, uh uh, and she, you know, this was a, a probation officer, and she had a gun on her at the time. But if it is in your hand, it isn't going to do any good. I mean, if you could make a chart and, and list the important items, you know, one to ten, uh, of, of what it, you know what is going to give you the best chance of surviving an attack that nobody ever expects to happen. Uh, you know, Tiger Light would the gap between Tiger Light and everything else would be so enormous because first of all. It doesn't look like a weapon. It looks like a you know either a cool looking flashlight or, or the T one hundred looks like a camera with a camera strap. Yep. People people will mistake it for one of those two things, never for a weapon. Yep. And so you know the guy, the, the person holding it doesn't feel weird holding it. You don't feel weird walking around with a camera in your hand or a light in your hand, but you feel nobody walks around with a weapon in their hand. And so already, it doesn't matter how good your weapon is. If it's not in your hand when you're attacked, and, and attacks aren't broadcast, people don't say, hey, I'm about to attack you. Yeah, get your weapon out of your purse, would you? It just doesn't happen that way. And so you, it, it's going to happen, you know, like this one I just mentioned or, 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 or the one before that. You know, people don't, or, you know, just a little while, uh, I, I gave a tiger light to a young uh, university co-ed uh, just down in Provo, down uh, 20 miles from, from our corporate office, uh, who had been jogging down a trail. And just like this uh, young lady I just mentioned, except she wasn't quite so lucky. Uh, she got drug off into the bushes off the side of the trail and raped mm. and, and beat up. And so, you know, it was uh, those things happen, and they can happen to anybody. It's not people that are in the wrong place. You hear this, you know, don't be in the wrong place at the wrong time and all this. I don't ask for it. You know, I, I could I could list off a, a hundred people in the last few months that didn't ask for it and weren't in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yep. You know, I've and, got and, uh, my my family's got uh, tiger lights. I've got a tiger light. My wife's got a tiger light. Um, and I'm very pleased with these as far as items go. Now, I am uh, because I'm a convicted felon. It's against the law for me to carry a gun, but. Um, you know, if it came down to protecting my family, I certainly would do that if I thought it was the best item. But I think that these tiger lights really are a great item because let me list off a couple of reasons I really like them. Like you said, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're a flashlight. I mean, who has a problem with a flashlight being around? I keep a tiger. I have a, I have them on a little hook system where I keep it right there on the, the side of the console in the car. Bam, it's right there. And then I can clip it when I you know, get out of the car. I can clip it onto my belt with uh, you know, the standard cell phone clip. And you know, I, I can carry it right there. It's a flashlight. No big deal having a flashlight on your hip. Um, I can get my wife to carry it when she goes jogging. I can imagine that there are a lot of wives out there um, and people out there that aren't interested in carrying a small handgun with them while they go jogging. But they'll carry a, a tiger light because, well, you know, it can get dark. Um, you know, it's nice to have a flashlight and it doesn't look so strange and it's, you know, it, it just, I guess it's the peer pressure of, of not carrying such a thing. Plus, right. I, if I ever you have know. to use it, 
I don't have to deal with whatever legal situation comes from putting a hole in somebody. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And, 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 and like you said, though, Margaret, even uh, if that's important, the legal situation. But, of course, if somebody like that, you know, either one of those uh, uh, girls I talked sure. about, they would have been justified in, absolutely. in shooting somebody. But, uh, but, but the facts are the facts. You know, they, they, they aren't going to have that gun in their hand in those situations. It's just not going to be there. Yep. And so, you know, it doesn't matter. We could have, a, you know, the best weapon in the world, but if it's perceived as a weapon, if people know it's a weapon, people aren't going to walk around with it in their hand. And, you know, with, with a tiger light, like I said, even in the daylight, you know, my, my wife and I uh, ride our bikes over to a, uh, a resort a place right by our house where we can swim and, and work out and that sort of thing every morning. And we have to ride through a, a, a wooded area, and, and I just, you know, every morning I go out the garage, I take the Tiger Light. I, I've got a Velcro to the dashboard of my car, one of them, uh, so I, I never forget it. And I just grab it off there, and it's in my hand, and I'm riding my bike up and down hills and, and things with it in my hand. It's it's not, you know, in a rack of my bike or whatever, because if, uh, you know, somebody came out of the woods or an animal attack or anything like that, then we get, you know, cougars around here now and then. Uh, you know, I, I need to be able to react very quickly. And, and it's, I, I, it works just fine carrying it in my hand with that hand strap. It's, it's very easy to do. And so I even, you know, rock climbed with it just to see, see if you could. And, and you can. And the other thing is, one thing is it being in your hand. But the other very important fact, and I, I got called by an expert on this when we first started offering the, the product on, on television, and they had done tests on, on attack dynamics and determined that, you know, 90% of people, when they're physically attacked, drop their weapon. So, you know, even if you had a tiger light in your hand or anything else, but it wasn't secured to your hand, there's a good chance you're going to drop it. That's why we have that padded adjustable hand strap on there. You can cinch down to your hand. So if somebody comes up from behind, like this guy attacked, you know, the first one I mentioned attacked the, the uh, young lady from behind. Uh, she did hear him coming, but, you know, she might not have, and, uh, and and he knocked her to the ground. Now, if she had had a weapon in her hand, very high, high probability the weapon would have left her hand. Uh, but with the Tiger Light and that hand strap on there, it stays, you know, it stays in your hand. Very high probability it will still be in your hand, and you'll roll on the ground and still be able to, you know, reach behind you and blast him in the face or whatever. And, and the and other he, thing he's about... Not even gonna try to, to, he's not even going to try to protect against it because he doesn't think it's a weapon. He doesn't right. know it's a weapon. You know, you had told me uh, previously, and I think that this is really important, is is that if it happens to be at night, um, you know, and I, I don't know how often, how many attacks occur at night, but uh, they certainly can occur at night or during the day. But if it happens at night and you've managed to get the flashlight into his face... And then pull it away in order to do the strike with the uh, with the tiger light. That you know, people always look back where you, the la- the flashlight was once it's pulled away. Well, you know, that's the incredible thing about the design design of the tiger light. There are you know there are other uh, flashlights with pepper spray. At least one of the other that I know of where the spray comes out the front, which we consider a, a very flawed design because it's critical that when you know when you shine that light that that. Bright light in their eyes is going to be a momentary deterrent. It's going to blind them for maybe four to six seconds, uh, and they're not going to be able to see anything. But the critical thing is just what you said. What happens when you shine the light in their face, they turn away. 
and they squint or they shield their face or whatever. But the second that light comes down to spray, they turn. We've got video of this with special forces guys. We've, we've, we've studied this, you know, hundreds of times, and, and we get comments from officers all the time when they actually have a situation where they are attacked by somebody that's, you know, out of their mind or on drugs or, or just stupid. And they, you know, they, they shine, they're shining the light in their face. And when the light goes down, they just turn and look right back and the spray hits them. They don't even see it coming. In fact, I, I've had many officers tell us that they, the, the guy asked them, uh, the officer who sprayed them, who sprayed them, because they didn't think it was that guy. They didn't think it was that officer, because in their mind, he had a flashlight in his hand. He couldn't have got his pepper spray out that fast. And somebody else must have come from the side they didn't see and sprayed them in the face. And, and because of that, like I said before, this is the, the real key. If you could get the same results that you can get with a Tiger Light by going and buying a can of pepper spray for $15, I'd say, you know, go do it. But you can't because they see it coming. Well, there's several reasons. Uh, but one, you know, they see the spray coming. The guy that's on meth, PCP or whatever, and a lot of these guys are on that. That's why they're doing these stupid things. And, you know, they're going to they're gonna look away. They're going to hold their breath. And the pain-compliant uh, portion of the equation is not going to stop them. Uh, it, it, it's just that they're not feeling pain. So that, that respiratory stress, distress that's caused by the tiger light uh, is critical. It's critical to the, to the person's survival, and it's critical to stopping that person because the only reason they're going to stop is because they're using every mental and physical faculty they have to try to breathe. And University of Utah did a big study on this and found a couple of really important things. One, a person in that state is actually getting as much air oxygen as he does in a normal rested state of breathing. He's just having to work very, very hard for it. Yep. And so, so that's the only thing he's concerned about is, is that survival. And if he doesn't work hard for it, he, you know, he's probably going to be in trouble. But, uh, but, but you do. It's just instinctive. Yeah, it's instinctive. And, and the other thing is, I'm going to point out in that study, they, they uh, studied 40 different commercial sprays, and only a couple of them, and a couple we use, were even close to what they claimed in potency. In fact, some of them were one one-hundredth of what they claimed. And they all claim about the same thing. Uh, you're going to hear the you know, 10%, 2 million school bill and all that. But it's not regulated, and you cannot depend on it. So if you, you know, unless you've been sprayed in the face with a spray, you really don't know what you're getting out there uh, on the market. And you can go on, you know, I'm sure if you search, uh, you know, University of Utah pepper spray study, you can find all these facts. Uh, they're there. Uh, I've, I've looked at it. And... Uh, yeah, it's a very, very important thing. And, yep. You know, it's not like, you know, you think that you're supposed to, you know, if it says it on the label, that's what you're going to get, but that's not the case, not even close. I mean, imagine getting something that's 1-100, the potency that is being advertised. Yeah, well, I mean, and you with know, With Tiger Light, you know, ours have been all, you know, extensively tested by the military. We, we've been issued national stock number by the military for both light, you know, and the spray, and the spray, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's the best there is. And that's why we have generals and uh, colonels and lieutenant colonels, special forces guys on camera, you know, endorsing this as the best personal protection device in the world. I, I mean, they say it without hesitation. 
That's so right. And really, you can go you can go to uh, tiger.freetalklive.com and see some of these uh, uh some of these recommendations and actually you have so many on your website that it uh, it uh, you know it gets boring to read them all frankly. But there's you know that many endorsements from that many people who understand, you know, the sort of uh, you know the the power of this uh, less than lethal weapon. I'm really um you know I I found it to be convincing and I am totally sold on the Tiger Light. What kind of special do you have uh, for listeners today? Well, uh, right now we have the two specials on the T100. Well, one's going up. I should say, uh, by the way, uh, real quick, is I have the T- two T100s. That's what I um, recommend because, you know, for me, that's the kind of thing that the average person will carry around. Yeah, that, that's, typical. That, that's typical. You know, some of the, you know, law enforcement others or somebody who just wants an incredibly bright light, I, you know, they might go for the larger ones, but, but most, you know, of the public – uh, purchase the T100, and uh, uh, it, it's still a very bright light. Uh, has a strobing, has a red light, has you know basically two light systems in, in one. Yep. Uh, ergonomically perfect. I mean, I just yep. it, it just couldn't be any better. And uh, we have a, basically a 225 dollar package, and it includes them really. And we've had people call us up and just thank us. In fact, I just had a young lady, 23 year old college student, call up the other day and. And she said, you know, she really appreciated the stuff we had on, on our website that made it easy for her to, to make a, a decision because she just got down online looking for a pepper spray. And, uh, uh, but she, she really, really liked the fact that we had an instructional video, that we had practice canisters of spray that go with it so yep. you could practice. Uh, they don't have pepper spray in them, you know, just. Uh, and the rechargeable battery. Yeah, and, and we got the whole charging system with it, with two lithium rechargeable batteries, so you can interchange it, so you never, you know, you you never have any downtime, and you know, AC DC adapters for the car and the home. Yep. And you know, the hand strap, the whole, you know, this whole pack. It's, it's a two hundred twenty-five dollar package. We're selling for one hundred twenty-five, but if you're buying for your family, uh, you know, we just went to a you know a big conference not too long ago. In fact, I think I I I met you there. Uh, uh, at the conference, mm-hmm. and we the average purchase there was 5.5 uh, units per person because you know you, you're buying it for your family. You don't want to leave half your family unprotected. Yep. So, uh, but you know, nonetheless, you can buy one of those $225 packages for 125. Uh, if you buy five, you get them for a hundred dollars a piece. So you're actually getting the fifth one free, essentially. I, I mean, it's it's. Uh, just the fan, you're getting, you know, each one for a hundred dollars and saving twenty five dollars on each one, which uh, basically is equivalent to one free. So it's it's a great deal uh, you, if you use it. Yeah. If if you get a device and you have that device with you and it's providing you with the protection and the peace of mind that you're looking for, it's well worth it. It's not going to provide that to you if you're leaving it home or it's at the bottom of uh, whatever bag you carry or whatever. And the Tiger Light. Because it's such a useful flashlight, you're going to carry it with you. I mean, we we use it going on hikes and that kind of thing. As a family, we use it, and I highly recommend it. And people can go to tiger.freetalklive.com and pick it up. Um, I think you should get it today, tiger.freetalklive.com. Michael, I appreciate the interview. A pleasure. Anytime. Do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. C-Crane's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get your Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna at C-Crane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com.